We were late by a few minutes. For some reason, YouTube would not let us stream. And every time we tried, it kept saying live streaming is not available right now. And I tried refreshing. We tried stopping the uh, uh, the broadcasting software and turning it back on. Nothing worked. I think it may have something to do with the title, which is Greta Thunberg burned in effigy, gets activists arrested for sedition with our guest, James O'Keefe. And no matter what I did, it didn't work. And so I tried, I tried something. I changed the title to YouTube is giving us the business and won't let us stream. And all of a sudden, streaming worked. So uh, it's funny. A lot of people in the chat were saying, I wonder if this is a stream that gets Tim banned because we're having James O'Keefe on the show and talking about Greta Thunberg. For those that don't, don't, don't know the story, she accidentally tweeted out a, an activist toolkit. And now activists in India are freaking out, saying she's essentially interfering in their politics and burning images of her, burning her in effigy. And uh, we also have James O'Keefe because he's got a story he's breaking about Mark Zuckerberg and some leaked videos. So uh, I wonder if the reason the stream wasn't working because his name was in the title, I guess. I have no idea. But it was really strange because it kept it, this overlay would appear that said live stream is not available. And you could click try again or finish. If you clicked finish, it would take you out of the streaming studio and then just put you back in regular YouTube. It was the weirdest thing. So I, I went in, I changed the title, and apparently that worked. So um, as you already know, we, we, we've got a, we got a lot of budget, a bunch of different things to talk about. Um, we are joined today, obviously, by our guest, James O'Keefe. Uh, James, if you would like to introduce yourself. Uh, now, as you, as you may notice, James is a small gorilla standing on the desk. <laughs> Because there's not actually uh, uh, a James O'Keefe in that chair, <laughs> and it's because he's late, Poop. so y'all can blame him. But he should be here in about 10 minutes or so, and uh, tisk tisk tisk. We're all late oh, tonight. James. We've got to make him do push-ups late. when he comes here. Make yeah, him right. do push- <laughs> punishment <laughs> no, he's for gotta being take a, late. He's got to take a shot for every five minutes he was late. <gasps> oh, no. So he's at, he's at one him. shot. Of what? <laughs> Whiskey. <laughs> to walk we have, we, We've got that Conor McGregor stuff, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, right? I never even had a taste. Oh really? Oh, yeah, weird, weird. I'm Pol- you, you don't had- want you don't want the Polish to drink. You do not. It's trouble. Yeah, I've never. Had any they were offering me beers yesterday. I'm like, trust me, you don't no, want no. this. Uh, <laughs> if you think YouTube's giving you the business, wait until a Polish person starts <laughs> drinking. drinking. Uh, I just don't like booze anyway. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, this will be like the first time the guest is like running in, covered in sweat. Like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. <laughs> Let's start, O'Keefe, let's, start, like, let's start asking him really complex, hard questions just to make it harder on him. As like as soon as, as he gets, gets here? here? Yes. Yes. Did give you guys him, give him some Why M now. equals MC square? Tell us now. Did you guys that's ever go through actually, like... That's actually... Whatever. You <laughs> know. <laughs> Did you guys ever go through hard drinking phases? No. No. Oh, I mean, when I was uh, like late teens. High schooler. Yeah. yeah, I went through a hard one in my 20s. Yeah. yeah. A lot anyway, of beer. Did, a lot James, of beer has fluoride. I, I'm watching my third eye. Oh, that's, that's right. Just yeah. get pure, filtered, organic, hippie, hipster stuff. Most beer yeah. has a lot of fluoride in there. Just saying. Why? Why? Because um, they I, use I regular tap the or that They use the hops. I, I forgot exactly why, but because they uh, dump fluoride into it. About that. Uh, yeah. Possibly. Luke, you're a conspiracy theorist. Some would say that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Luke's Luke's here. Yes, they are burning effigies of Greta Thunberg in India. I never thought I would get to say that. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zuckerdowski of We Are Change.org. And if you like me and want to support my voluntary efforts, you can on wearechange.org forward slash donate. There's many ways you could get involved with what I'm doing, ways without even spending a dime. And because of that, I'm still here. So thank you very much. I'm also tweeting up and memeing up a live storm right now on twitter.com forward slash Luke We Are Change. Thanks for following me on there as well. Sometimes the titles really make me laugh. Um, will it be like Greta Thunberg burn an effigy with by Indians or something, whatever it is. 
with James O'Keefe. So you're like, James was there too? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like James was the one who was leading the protest. Uh, what's up, everybody? Um, good to be back. I'll probably maybe turn my mic down a touch if that's, yeah, I, I think I'm a little coming in hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, lady over there but night. I did uh, start iancrossland.net. Right. I got it revamped. I'm selling merch on the website, including things like this awesome oh, cool. free the code mug that you can get over there. And you can follow me out on my socials over there. So it's great to be back. Very, Capitalism. Very yeah. entrepreneurial. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, when, when James, get, James gets here, we'll, uh, you know, we'll introduce him. But for now, the gorilla is, doing, is, is standing right. in for this him. This is our guest. You know he's him. A little, you love little, him. He's very angry. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why, but he's got scars on his chest. Maybe somebody oh, hit him. Man. He, he didn't shave. Stuff. Definitely. Yeah. He didn't shave. Yeah. We also have Star Patch. Let's press I am buttons. here in the corner laughing at the gorilla and these guys. They're pretty great over here. Sorry we're running late. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an awesome sponsor today. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. Give a shout out to Virtual Shield, Virtual Private Network Service. You can go to surfinginternetsafe.com, click the link in the description below, and you can get access to a 50% off VPN service, Virtual Shield. They have been, they have been with me the whole time. They're my first sponsor and they're great. A virtual private network basically provides a simple layer of security for you while you browse the internet. They make it much harder for bad actors, hackers, and even the government. They make it harder for them to spy on you. So the way I, I describe it is to make it just simpler for everybody. You know, we all lock our doors and windows. We don't really expect anyone to break in, but you still have that lock. That's what a virtual private uh, network basically does for you. It gives you that very simple layer of security. So if you go to surfinginternetsafe.com, you can get 50% off 24 months of online security from the world's easiest and fastest VPN for only fifty nine eighty eight. That's actually 77% off, they say. Plus, you get 50% off all add-ons and other great discounts on their other plans. They're also proud to announce that this month, all discounts are guaranteed for life. That means 50% off as long as you are a customer. Check it out. Go to surfinginternetsafe.com. Link is in the description below. And, and seriously, guys, but when I first started doing all this, Virtual Shield, they were the first company. They were like, yo, dude, you're cool. Can we sponsor you? And, and it was just like this tiny little channel. And I was like, yes. And they really helped get us all to like get us where we are today. So serious shout out, guys. Thank you so much. Surfinginternetsafe.com. And don't forget. Go to TimCast.com and become a member because we have exclusive podcast episodes you can't get anywhere else. We did a little jokey introduction of the Our Pillow. So if you, you actually look at the screen, you can see I'm holding up Our Pillow. It's a burlap sack full of packing peanuts. But we had a very serious half an hour discussion with Will Chamberlain talking about why Parler isn't necessarily the answer in terms of social media censorship. And we have a bunch of other episodes talking about alien technology. And we're planning much, much more. So we keep saying we're going to go to the range. We may actually get to do it. Because of a really awesome guest coming up later this week who's going to give us the full rundown on crazy guns, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're hoping to actually get a chance this time. It was like snowing the past several weekends. So TimCast.com, go and check it out. And uh, as for now, we are still waiting for James O'Keefe, who, who's probably going 120 miles an hour down the highway <laughs> or something. Safe. Yeah, drive yeah, safe. Yeah. It's snowy out there, I guess. But uh, in the meantime, let's jump over to the first story. But hey, I found a little trick on the website I wanted to let people know about. Oh, if you click reply on the video to, uh, to a comment, and then it says, it'll pop up and it'll say, logged in as, and it's your, your name. If you click that, you can change your avatar. Oh. So when you make oh, a comment, you have a little picture next to it. Cool. I love it. Right on. A little, little well, Easter let's, egg. Let's, let's jump into the first story. Greta Thunberg effigies burned in Delhi after tweets on farmers' protests. Celebrity interventions inflame sentiments in India as police investigate pro-farmers toolkit. So basically what happened is a couple weeks ago, Greta Thunberg accidentally tweeted out what's called the toolkit. It's, it's basically just a manual explaining what to say, where to say it, how to do all this stuff. A lot of people find this to be particularly nefarious. They call it, well, they, they say it's similar to astroturfing. Do you guys know what astroturfing is? I've heard of it. 
Luke, you're familiar? Yeah, I've heard of it. What is it? So, so basically, you'll have these big organizations, special interests that want to get activists to do a thing. And so they'll hire a bunch of people to show up and wave signs. Sometimes it won't be as direct as saying, like, we want to pay an activist to do this. Like, hardcore astroturfing, the most nefarious, would be getting random people who don't care about the politics to wave a sign. But typically what it is, they'll put up an ad saying like, hey, do you care about climate change? Well, then come on down and protest and you'll get your food and travel paid for. And essentially those funds being provided to activists allows them the ability to be there. It's considered inorganic, right? So when you have Greta Thunberg putting out this toolkit where it's basically telling people what to say or how to say it, how to protect yourself and things like that, a lot of people view that as nefarious. So now you have, well, Greta Thunberg leaked this. They say this. From the Guardian, Thunberg came in, became embroiled in allegations of an international criminal conspiracy against India after she tweeted a toolkit for people who wanted to show support for the farmers. So there's a big farmer protest going on right now. The document included campaigning tips, such as suggested hashtags and advice on how to sign petitions. Though not named in the police case that was filed, Thunberg's tweet was said to have brought the Delhi police's attention to the existence of the toolkit. Leaders in the ruling Bharatiya Janata Party said the toolkit was evidence of international plans for attacks against India. Now I'm just going to say this because I know a lot of people are like, whoa, Greta Thunberg is caught. She's astroturfing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like if if you say like, hey, here's the message we're using. Here's the hashtags we're using. And you're telling someone how to get active. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But I do think it's interesting the way Delhi is handling it. They're basically saying international you know, foreign celebrities interfering in our politics ain't going to have none of that. So Greta Thunberg... They're just burning images of her in effigy. But here's here's actually the, 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 the big news. Not this one. It's the next one. Indian activist arrested for creating protest toolkit shared by Greta Thunberg. This is this is a huge, huge screw up on Greta's part. Look, how old is she now? Greta Thunberg? She's, She's 18. 18. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to I don't want to, uh, you know, drag her too heavily because she's inexperienced and naive. But this was such a serious failure of operational security this woman is facing i think she's facing like life in prison Jeez. let's check out the story they say disha ravi 22 could face up to life in prison following her arrest sunday in connection to the online document which calls for organized support for india's deadly farmers protests ravi a leader of the indian arm of Thunberg's fridays for future protest movement is being investigated for possible sedition a charge that carries a penalty of life imprisonment a police source told reuters well uh, you know look I just heard a lot from Democrats about the dangers of insurrection and sedition. Mm. And, you know, they say these people should be locked up. So uh, what's the difference? What's what's the what's the difference in this story? It sounds like a precedent was set over here in the U.S. And now other countries are going to take that and make it totalitarian. That's dangerous. That's what they do. Yeah. Often when we see this happen in the U.S., something happen in the U.S., other countries go, OK, then we can do it, too. Right. And so that's actually criticism that was levied at Donald Trump. They were saying that when he was going after the press, all of a sudden, a bunch of other world leaders started going after the press, too. I think that's kind of silly, you know, criticize people if they do something wrong. Trump g- expressing his opinions on the media. I don't whatever people have ex- opinions on the media in other countries like Turkey, where they're arresting yeah, journalists. Erdogan and, was the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, Erdogan. Erdogan. Yeah, Erdogan. Th- that's that's Turkey arrests more journalists than anybody else. So here. So for those that are familiar with what's going on in, in India, I, I just did a quick run through uh, earlier. It, it, it's fairly complicated. I don't, complicated. I don't know too much, but it's basically a bunch of farmers 
have this system where it's they have like guaranteed pricing from the government on the crops they grow. So it sustains them. And there's a, there's new laws that are coming in that'll basically take that away. And so they're protesting it. And this makes a lot of sense as to why the left is getting involved in saying support the farmers because the farmers want a guaranteed minimum government intervention over the work they're doing. And the new laws would be more, I guess, capitalist. According to CNN, they'd be allowed to sell whatever they grow to whoever wants it. Whereas right now, the government guarantees a set minimum price and only certain people are allowed to bid on these crops. The dereg- I guess you can call it deregulation. It's resulting in these massive, deadly protests. Greta Thunberg gets involved. For what reason? I don't really know. Uh, now you've got some woman who's facing uh, life in prison. Well, I don't think anyone should ever be arrested for posting anything online, especially when it comes to activist toolkits. But when you look at the larger kind of international efforts, especially by massively funded PR campaigns, there's a lot of ties between intelligence agencies and also the supposed popular uprisings that usually work in the benefit of American geopolitics, like we saw in Ukraine, Syria, and Libya, that were very organized, that did have talking points, hashtags, and also the coordination of the media that pushed for a certain agenda and was able to get it because of these larger disinformation efforts. And if you study things like the economic hitman, you see these efforts... Confessions of an economic hitman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Confessions of of an economic hitman. Great book. Definitely recommend you read it. I read it in high school. It changed my vision of the world. When you look at the kind of ways that they push for unrest in order to get their way, it really makes you think, what's really going on here? And we have seen a lot of pressure uh, on India by individuals like Bill Gates that are criticizing India. Also, just recently, their manufacturing plants. So, you know, there is there's something to wonder here about what's happening on the global scale, whether it's a conspiracy or not. We do not know. But I I still think it's an overreaction for India to arrest a person for, for sharing this. And it's only going to hurt them in the long run. I was in India before. I got some wild stories there. I actually landed in India when they did a currency reset. And the whole wow. country went oh, in panic. what a mess. Uh, yes. Pete, there was riots. There was people dying. There was, there was massive civil unrest. How, and, is, isn't, that, yeah. isn't that crazy yeah. that some guy can be like, oh, that, that currency we have? It's now yeah. a different currency, and everyone just believes it. Yeah, everything in India is pretty much cash, uh, except for some places in Delhi. And when I was in Delhi, it was fine. I went to Goa. Everything's in cash, which was absolutely absurd during a currency reset where people were sleeping outside of ATMs. That was tourist. They had. It was also weird to see uh, ATMs segregated for local Indians and tourists, and the, the tourists were literally sleeping outside. The Indians' lines were even way longer because people didn't have any money, didn't have any cash. Oh, and because we, they reset the currency and it they, was something different. They got rid of a large swap of currency because the government wanted all the accounting. Because a lot of people, because it's such a cash-driven country, a lot of people have their money figur- figuratively underneath the mattress. The government was like, you're not paying taxes on mm-hmm. that, so we're just going to make all of these bills illegal, you're wow. going to have to give them to us so we could see exactly how much you have to, so we could get you the accurate amount of money that you owe the government. Uh, crazy time during the well, currency that, that, reset. That, that, and then this, Crazy story, it, but we got we to keep it on. The I, I, I know, but, but one thing that, that kind of reverted to uh, in India that was very interesting was people literally doing an honor system. You go to the store, you just tell them your name, you just take down your name, you would have to come back later pay cash. Wow. But, but a, a lot of civil unrest happens in, in India. Uh, the country geopolitically is at a very important place, especially countering China. So there's a lot of interest in India. They're stabilizing India. Right now with yeah. China, 
China is basically on, on on the border of India, and they're fighting, right? Well, they're having these weird clashes without any weapons, like clubs. And, but they're using archaic weapons, like like clubs and sticks <laughs> and, and nails and barbed wire on baseball bats. Literally, of what they're using, fighting each other because they have this weird peace treaty where <laughs> they can't use firearms against each other and they can't use live ammunition against each other. But they could beat the crap out of each other, which they do. But I've heard recently, within the last few days, they actually uh, settled. A- previous conflicts that were arising just two weeks ago and they're at a stalemate now so they're at a position where there's more peace now than there was just two weeks ago Here, here's the, here's the crazy thing about the toolkit that gets released you have to ask yourself who who makes these things who spends the time to develop an activist guide for protesting and you mentioned this luke you've got intelligence agencies you think about what's going on with with china and india and the conflict on the border plus i mean you have like what pakistan like Kashmir, all that stuff so there's there's good reason for any adversary of India or us to create that conflict. So when you have international interests spreading information that can destabilize a country, what did the United States say about it? When we had, what was it like, a handful of Facebook pages with almost no followers created by Russia. Yeah. They went for years claiming Russia was trying to take over the country and destabilize everything. And they were freaking out. In fact, they're still freaking out. They're foaming at the mouth like... Blah, blah, blah. Over, over some Facebook pages. Now, what would happen if Russia was disseminating pamphlets, booklets, toolkits, telling people how to bypass arrest, how to win in the legal system, how to protest, how to hashtag, how to spread the ideology and win? They would have gone even crazier. It would be, it would, it, it, if you think it was nuts now with, with Russiagate, imagine if Russia actually put together a toolkit telling people how to do these things. It didn't get that bad. And they still went insane. That's what's happening in India, and Greta Thunberg is facilitating it, and she's not Indian. No. Look, if, if you are an American, if you are an Indian, and you put together an activist guide because you want to help people and you believe in your cause, well, that's cool. Yeah, AOC if, did that. If you're a foreign actor of high profile with tons of money and massive backing from special interests, and then you are pushing out ideological and, and tactical information that can exacerbate riots and protests, well, now you got a problem. you got a serious problem. Yeah. Because what happens if India actually becomes destabilized? I, I, I wonder if, you know, look, I kind of feel bad for Greta Thunberg because she's just a kid. The things she's called for in terms of abandoning fossil fuels, outright banning fossil fuels in the next year or whatever, not even the year she's like, now nah, we want it now. It just kill millions of people. Look at what's happening in Texas with these windmills freezing and the gas lines freezing. We need to make sure we can get the electricity running. Already, we can see what happens when you do not have the sufficient electrical, uh, you know, equipment, weathering, etc. I know a lot of people are blaming the wind, wind turbines for freezing, but everything basically froze. Nobody thought this was going to happen. Yeah, 15 states are having power outages. There's 4.4 million people that went without power in Texas. The National Guard had to be deployed. Right, right, right. And there's well, a huge argument now happening, whether it's the, the kind of free energy or whether it's the fuels that are, you know, that Right, that right, right, right. But, but just the basic point with Greta Thunberg I'm trying to make is, she doesn't understand the things she's advocating for are going to kill millions from getting rid of the fossil fuels. Fine. But if look, if if riots, protests and, you know, mass protests is massive unrest sweeps India because the people of India are challenging their their legal system. Oh, well, OK, then, you know, we want to make sure people stay safe. We don't want a collapse that results in mass death. We want reform. We want people to, you know, do the right thing. And we don't want fighting in the streets. Greta Thunberg doesn't understand what destabilization or collapse really means. And I don't think she 
I don't think, I mean, I guess she would care if she knew, but I don't think she knows. I don't think she realizes what it means for someone of her profile to be having these conversations. Apparently there were like some leaked messages as well, Mm -hmm. where she's saying like, oh, these hate campaigns, they happen. It's like, dude, the hate campaigns are happening because you're interfering in a foreign country's politics and you have massive clout that's getting tons of attention and spreading this artificial, you know, external ideology inside the country. It's no surprise people are protesting her. These are, they're calling it an international criminal conspiracy, man. Yeah. A lot of eyes are on India, and I think we're going to be hearing about India a lot more, especially in the near future, especially with their very strategic, very important position in the world. Because as as the China is going to be expanding their influence, they're going to also be propping up Pakistan. These are all nuclear powers. And when you look at India, I mean, they have a vast emerging middle class that speaks English that is ready to help even even by some estimates even by some experts be the next hegemonic world power even over china because they they are in a better position than china on the world map uh, comparatively as well so so india is going to be a very key crucial place to to sway your influence in especially in the not so distant future and uh it's not a surprise that this is happening to me in my opinion i got mixed feelings about uh what what this is all about this farmer protest now what i'm trying i'm trying to figure it out too so maybe we can clarify it sounds like what they're doing is Right now, uh, if if a big multi corporate uh, farming industry in in India wanted to sell bare bottom prices and out and outmatch all the the local farmers, they could sell their their corn for three dollars, and the government would have to step in. Tim, is this is this? Can you clarify this? I don't know a whole lot about okay. it. Okay, so yeah. what? But they want to. The government would would subsidize it's, it. It's basically, ba- it's basically right now government regulated sales versus absolute free market. So That's like the, the if, general idea. If Monsanto wanted to sell three dollar corn and the the farmer was like, I can't afford to sell my corn for three dollars, they're putting me out of business. Okay, the government would say, okay, you can sell your corn for ten dollars. We'll subsidize seven of it, and then it'll go for three dollars to the market. No, I, maybe that sounds like maybe what is going on right now, but they want to change it so that. Government gets out of the way and corporates can sell whatever. But the, the danger the, the, is the that gist of what we Monsanto have. could undercut these local well, we farmers. We don't, we don't know that. We this is what we, it sounds like they're protesting. Sure, sure, sure. We don't so know that. We, that don't, we, don't, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know exactly the, the limits of this law. It's a foreign country, and yeah. I can't tell you. I can only tell you that CNN said right now the current system is a government minimum guarantee for crops versus a sell-to-anyone-at-any-price model. Right. With the sell-to-anyone model is could be dangerous because if you have Monsanto over there and they want to sell $3 corn and the the local farmers can't afford it, it'll bankrupt local farmers. So that's why government is in there to help subsidize yeah, local wait, farmers. Yeah. Um and and it's, Tuberg's it's, trying it's, to it's, it's never this simple and we just don't know. It and ultimately maybe it doesn't even matter what it is. It's just that there's foreign nationals influence. But I mean that's the, that's be. the name of the game right now. The globe is connected, you know. We're it's it's not even a national national game anymore. It's the anymore. same thing with China, bro. It's 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 not that America wants cheaper products made in China. They don't. The American people want jobs. They want to be able to work. They want to feel fulfilled. I find it hilarious that we have so many Gen Z memes where it's like there, there was one where it's from The Incredibles where, you know, have you guys seen The Incredibles? Mm-hmm. The only, family of superheroes. Of it, yeah. So basically like superheroes are outlawed and then like this Mr. Incredible is now an insurance, you know, adjuster or whatever. And it said like me, there's like a meme. Where it's like me working in an office you know, getting paid for, you know, for an unfulfilling existence or something. And I'm like, yeah, people want meaningful jobs. They want to make things to be proud of. But all of those are being shipped away. So these jobs are going to China. Why? Because billionaires, because the billionaires and the millionaires in this country. That's why. 
Now, Bernie Sanders, you know, mock him, <laughs> uh, essentially, because he's no longer fighting against the millionaires and the billionaires. But same thing with, you, you mentioned these, these, these companies, the international ties. Regular people don't want this stuff. They just want to be with their families. They want to make enough. They want to get by. They want to survive. They don't want to boot on their neck from the government. And they don't want their, their jobs being sent overseas. Oh, my. Look who's late. Oh, my You are we want 27 20- minutes late. <gasps> nice jacket. That's five shots of whiskey. We want 27 push-ups immediately. Hold on. So we're going to frame you up here. Uh, and Ian, surprisingly, also very interestingly, uh, India's Supreme Court just a few years ago ruled that uh, Monsanto seeds couldn't be patented in the country. So oh. there's there's you know a lot of interesting news surrounding India, especially a lot of media figures now saying that they're very surprised that uh, India dealt with the coronavirus a lot better than any other country. But of course, that's not a surprise to us, especially after talking to Chris Martinson and Peak Prosperity, why they did so well. You could see our conversations. I did a video with him. Tim did a video with him. But right ladies now, and gentlemen. Yes. James O'Keefe the finally news got of the it. Hour. Yes. Woo, James. <laughs> what up, dog? <laughs> I had to charter a plane. Oh my god! Tell us about that. I'm so glad <laughs> you're a here. Location doing some gorilla. Get yes, them gorilla, gorilla warfare. Get the mic yes. like direct, <laughs> right, right, straight in, two bit, yes. and maybe I don't know, turn it done a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, how you doing, here. dude? How was your journey? It's been crazy, a crazy day. We just broke a story on Mark Zuckerberg, oh, yeah. CEO of Facebook. Tell us more on uh, uh, covertly recorded uh, taking an anti-vaccine stance in violation of his own policy at Facebook. So uh, that's very interesting and lots to talk about there, Tim. There well, let's. Uh, you want you want to talk about it? Or you want to tell us why why you had to charter a plane or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's quite the adventure. I can't. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> um, just been a crazy twenty four hours, and I, I I apologize. I'm late, but uh, I have good. good oh, excuse. it is what it is. Yeah, I, I was getting text messages. I'm like, we're doing the show. We put the gorilla in your, in your place. Yeah, yeah like, gorilla journalism. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. He, he was doing all right. He wasn't saying a whole lot, he but wasn't. you know, he looks angry, so it, uh, you know, rouse people up. Uh, What's up? Headphones, I think you got them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Monitor. See, normally this is the stuff we do before the show starts. Dude, what is up with Project Veritas? Punctuality is not my strength. (laughs) Now we know. Yeah, so what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, well, give us the latest, then we can talk about the... the We just broke a story as I'm getting here. This is the CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. We just broke it. I broke it on Twitter. I'm still, I'm back on Twitter. Project Veritas has been permanently suspended. Yeah. Oh. Before you get started, I have to tell you what happened to us when we tried to start yeah. this show. Okay. So the, the the story we led with is about, you know, Greta Thunberg. I don't know if you heard the news. She shared this activist toolkit, and now protesters are burning her effigy because she, they view her as an international entity who's fueling these, these deadly protests that are happening hmm. in India. So the title of the video was Greta Thunberg Burned in Effigy, and uh, uh, activist is charged with sedition with James O'Keefe. The the first thing that happened was when we clicked create stream, it said we weren't allowed to do it, like an error occurred or something. Hmm. And so we had to go back and recreate. So so for those that aren't familiar, you have to like you you click start a stream and then it gives you the title, all the timing and everything. We fill out the forms. We click to go and then it worked. And we're like, okay, finally. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We go in. I start I, I click streaming on the broadcast software. And then all of a sudden YouTube says live streaming is not available right now. Hmm. So I refresh, try again, refresh, try again, turn the software off, turn it back on. None of it works. But I took I took the title and changed it to YouTube is giving us the business, won't let us stream. 
worked. Oh, that's 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 ingenious. So the funny thing is, people were commenting, "Is this the episode that's going to get Tim banned having James O'Keefe on right now?" And I took a picture. I I tweeted the image. I am not I am not exaggerating. I tweeted out the image as live streaming is not available. When I changed the title, which, which removed your name and Greta Thunberg's, I don't know what caused it. Maybe it was burned in effigy. Maybe it was sedition. I have no idea. It's working now. Now it's working. Well, I'm on the show, so I don't know uh-huh. if... I mean, our YouTube is still... This is a YouTube, right? Yeah. This is YouTube streaming. So they haven't banned us on YouTube. But a lot to unpack here, a lot to talk about. I'll let you be the captain and you know, tell us what right, direction well, uh, you want me to go I, in. I think that was... Uh, uh, Look, you were late, but we were also several minutes late as well because we couldn't get the stream couldn't get the stream going. And I just want to stress, as soon as, you know, Greta Thunberg, James O'Keefe, the title was changed, it worked. Don't ask me why. It's not the first time something but like this But, you know, has I, I was joking uh, with, with my colleague. My colleagues are standing over there, the Entourage, the Project Veritas yes. Entourage. <laughs> All flew um, on a private plane. Yeah. The, yeah, Ooh, it was, so it was cool. a crazy day. You wouldn't even <laughs> believe it if I told you. You'll know so- soon. I was saying that whoever these people in San Francisco or wherever they are, like, you know, shadow boosting, banning, censoring, they're worried because they're thinking there might be a whistleblower who's over watching this <laughs> who might record us banning and censoring. So maybe they're, they're deterred from doing it, too, mm, like right. the psychological deterrent yep. effect. So we just broke a, a story. Mark Zuckerberg on the hidden camera where he's covertly recorded on one of his staff calls taking this 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 anti covid vaccine stance in violation of Facebook's own policy. Zuckerberg says, uh, my understanding, this is a quote from Zuckerberg now, not me. My understanding is that these vaccines uh, uh, modify DNA and RNA. Now, Facebook has a policy implemented recently. You're not allowed to say that. So I was thinking, would me, me quoting Zuckerberg, wow. playing the videotape of Mark Zuckerberg, get banned on Facebook? Yeah. Because it's in violation yes. of Facebook's own policy. It probably well, would. Well, they'll try. So right. we, we had, uh, are, you guys know Jack Murphy? We, yes. we had Jack Murphy on the show. He said on this show, he was like, Donald Trump gave, I'm not even going to quote what Jack <gasps> said because they've, they've come after us for it. He basically said Donald Trump, Jack Murphy said that Donald Trump said something about voter fraud and they used that and accused us as a show of making those claims when we've, we've not. We've actually argued against them. We've even, we've even had, we've even had some prominent Trump supporters give a more like balanced approach to what's going on with the whole election stuff. And they tried accusing us of being conspiracy theorists for simply saying Trump said a thing. Right. So you quoting Zuckerberg, they're going to claim, they're going to claim James O'Keefe pushed the conspiracy theory. Simply, right. And, and, they, and they won't tell people. Push the, I mean, the anti-vaccine conspiracy theory. Right. But I'm literally quote, I'm, I'm. So what I, my headline on the story was Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg takes anti-vaccine stance in violation of his own platform's policy. So and it'd be funny to see if we get a, a comment from, is it Andy Stone, spokesperson of Facebook? <laughs> Has he responded yet? No. So we have emailed him. We've, we've, we've carrier pigeoned him. We do everything. <laughs> text. What? Text him. Call them. Um, but Tim, you know, the Facebook, uh, Twitter has a sus- permanently suspended Project Veritas Twitter account. The official comment that Twitter gave CNN uh, reporter Brian Fung of CNN Business is they said that we have uh, uh, published people's private information. Twitter did not say that I'm misinformation or fake news. No, no. They said the reason that we were suspended is because we're doxing people. Project Veritas is publishing people's private information. The evidence of that was us doing a routine TV doorstop. That is to say, you know, television reporters go outside someone, you know, someone's driveway. Yeah. And CNN does it all the time, like they do yes. the memers. 
Didn't CNN Wait. do that with that old woman? Yes. yes. They accused yes. her of And that tweet, and, and you could actually see the numbers on her, mm. on her house. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't, it's completely illogical because. Oh, up, up, up. I mean. But that's the reality. But here's the interesting part, and I have the documents in front of me because I want to get the, my facts correct. Brian Fung of CNN says that we were re- repeated violation of the company's, quote, anti-doxing policies. But then, but then just Sunday, uh, the host's name was Anna Cabrera. Anna Cabrera was on with Brian Stelter, and she said that Project Veritas was removed for misinformation. So CNN's own reporters are contradicting each other. They're just making stuff up. So what you're saying is you're going to get a retracto out of this. I'm, we have, yes. we, our lawyer has <laughs> sent a letter to CNN corporate. Uh, David Vigilante is the general counsel of CNN. And we are going to get a retracto out of this. <laughs> yes. Retracto the correction alpaca. He's coming at you. <laughs> it sounds like it wasn't so much that you guys got busted for doxing, but that it was the who you were doxing. Because wasn't it somebody that was high profile? So this is a little nuanced, but I think it's important that we take your audience through the facts because I think it's important. Because I think Twitter has crossed a Rubicon here that they have not I mean, previously crossed. I mean, look at the Hunter Biden stuff, man. Mm. They suppressed a very relevant news story to help someone win a presidential, a presidential election. That is true. I mean, these people are evil, man. That is true. So what happened here was uh, we – I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but – when you are flagged, Twitter gave us the option. It said uh, you can simply get your account reinstated at Project Veritas by deleting this tweet. Yes. They want us to delete the tweet, the video of my reporter Christian Hartsock with a camera and a flag mic. You could see the flag mic. There's no hidden camera recording here in a, in, a, in a street on a sidewalk outside the house of Facebook vice president. Was this public property? What was, what was his name? Guy Rosen. Was this public property? This was a public street, a residential street. And his residence, and we're following the lead of CNN. CNN goes and door stops people. Local TV news. So I, so Christian Hartsock asks Guy Rosen for comment uh, on a. Uh, this is maybe the biggest public policy story of our of our lives. We're not confronting a private citizen. We're conf- well, we, he's a private citizen. He's vice president of Facebook, and then Twitter says you need to take down this video clip off Twitter. But I decided I'm not going to do that, Tim. I would be against my conscience. I'm going to appeal it. I knew it was a risk. And usually when you appeal, that takes a week or two to do. And then in the middle of the day, Twitter got bombarded with phone calls by the New York Times, CNN, and everyone else, and Twitter changed their minds. It said, nope, we've changed our mind. We're now going to ban Project Veritas forever, permanently suspended. For some reason, my personal account was reinstated. It doesn't make any sense because both me and Project Veritas tweet the same stuff. Pressure. Pressure. It's just media. It's it's. This is what the, the game is for these, uh, I don't want to call them journalists, these are activists. Because I, I broke a story, I think it was a year and a half ago, where someone someone who worked at a, a major bank leaked to me internal documents about, I think we actually, t- uh, uh, I think we, we may have talked about this after the fact. Yeah. That, um, they, they leaked to me these documents, and it was basically showing that this bank had banned the, uh, well, I got to be very careful here, it, it appeared to be that certain right-wing individuals had their accounts closed because an email from a journalist said, why are you supporting white supremacy or something to that effect? So what they do is a real journalist is going to email someone and say, you know, a story came out and, you know, uh, actually, I I, got to say this. There's literally no news in finding out that someone has a bank account and then emailing the bank and saying, why does this person have a bank account? Right. We know why people have bank accounts. What they do is, they contact the bank. They, the email then says something like, 
this individual has been accused of being a white supremacist. Why do you support white supremacy? The bank gets the message. It's mafioso. They're basically saying we are going to write a story claiming you support white supremacist organizations. And then the bank says, oh, we don't. We, We banned those people. And then the activists pretending to be journalists go, ah, okay, great. Getting right. financial institutions or other companies to destroy their enemies. So it's not too dissimilar. You, uh, James, are one of the, I think Veritas is one of the very few actual news organizations. I, I Look, I think there's a lot of news outlets and there's a lot of good journalists and they work hard and they do well. But you look at how awful things have gotten with these major corporate news outlets. There's no risk to the establishment, to the corporate uh, powers, to the special interests from CNN or, or the New York Times. Right. I mean, very little. Yeah. But, you, but it's like you were saying, these people are looking over their shoulders, not knowing who is going to hold them accountable by either recording their unethical behaviors and exposing them doing wrong. They don't know who that's going to be. And so they're worried about it. And they're worried about you. Getting rid of you will make their lives very Well, I think easy. there's a psychological, like I say, right now, as I speak, if there are coders, engineers, wherever they may be, Silicon Valley, when they do their, whatever they do that's unethical or at least dishonest, I know they're private companies, they can do whatever they want constitutionally, but there's that little thought inside their head, like the jury on your shoulder, sort of worried, deterred, maybe, maybe someone's observing me do this thing. But what's most interesting about this situation that Project Veritas was permanently suspended was Twitter changed their mind, Tim, just as you said, once they got bombarded with all that pressure from New York Times and CNN being like, what's the deal? Are they suspended permanently or not? And someone high up at Twitter said, nope, we're going to suspend them forever. And that shows me that the Washington Post and the New York Times and, and CNN actually have tremendous power. And Jeff Bezos who is whatever he is, a trillionaire, billionaire, trillion dollar market cap, one of the wealthiest men in the history of the world, is most proud of his ownership of that woke clickbait rag Washington Post. That's his crowning achievement in life. So I, I actually am not one of those people who say these, these companies, CNN has tremendous power to get Twitter to change their mind by making a phone call. Think about it. Yep. CNN spreads baseless theories. They, they eat human brains. They dox people. They even had an article not so long ago that was titled, quote, how CNN found the Reddit user behind the Trump wrestling gif. Yep. Where they when, knowingly... What's the date on that one? What's the date on that one? Ju- uh, July 5th, 2017. Wow. Where they knowingly went after someone because of that famous gif that Donald <laughs> Trump that. tweeted. Yeah. And they said... Publicly apologize right now or we're going to dox you. They said promise never to do it again. Exactly. Otherwise, we'll release your private and, and, information. And this is the organization that's spearheading the censorship movement that never gets called out for their baseless well, theories, for can, their fake news and their lies. Even the New York Times. Yesterday, we were talking about a specific story where the New York Times was caught fabricating the story about the fire extinguisher killing and and and, and beating to death or, or this Capitol Police officer. At the very least, getting burned by their sources and refusing refusing to correct until a month later. Exactly. And then now today, but, they also have another article that's titled Unfettered Conversations Are Taking Place on Clubhouse, talking about how <laughs> oh it's dangerous, this new kind of platform that's rising in popularity because they don't know how to deal with harassment, misinformation, and, quote, privacy. Can I, can I point out the, the beautiful irony of, was it Anna Cabrera, I think you said? Was that, was that Anna her? Cabrera. 
saying that you were suspended permanently for misinformation, and that statement itself is misinformation. It's, it, it, I mean, I have the two it's statements. It's like a fire truck this on fire. By the way, we, we were going to get our, our lawyer. We, we could always just sue CNN. We've sued the New York Times. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that I've got two statements from CNN in front of me right now. One is from Brian Fung, CNN Business, who's actually a pretty nice yeah, – I think he's a serious reporter. And he says that Veritas was suspended for, quote, threats of sharing other people's private information. I have Wait, wait, wait. Threats? This is threats of sharing other people's private information without consent. That's literally what CNN did. Luke just cited that story from them. And then I have a statement from Anna Cabrera. This is on the air with Brian Stelter on Sunday. Quote, Twitter has suspended the account of Project Veritas. I'm quoting her now, so forgive. It's not my words. Forgive me. Quote, a conservative actionist, uh, activist organization, at least that's how they, they couch themselves. I have never in my life referred to myself as a conservative activist. Not once I was swear to it under oath in a defamation lawsuit against CNN, unless they retract that. And then she goes on, quote, this is a much broader crackdown by social giants on accounts promoting misinformation. So our general counsel has just sent a letter to David Vigilante today. I have the letter in front of me signed. A failure to retract will sue. By the way, these organizations are used to throwing the spear at at uh, civilian innocent people. Uh, they're not used to being the spear being thrown at them. Mm-hmm. I've sued the New York Times for defamation in in the New York Supreme Court, and we're going to get past motion to dismiss in a, in a in a lawsuit. We talked about this last time. You and I talked about this. We need to sue the shit out of them, and 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 I'm not doing it to harass. I'm doing it because that's justice. If you lie, if you intentionally disregard the truth that's called actual malice i'm a public figure you can't under the law of new york state intentionally lie we'll get past motion to dismiss and then you get into depositions that means i put dean Baquet, executive editor of the new york times in a chair and he's required by the law to answer my questions under oath not only that but isn't there an opportunity for discovery maybe get access to discovery depositions interrogatories they are required to answer my questions when I confront Dean Baquet in the street in Los Angeles, that's the executive editor of the New York Times. He just ran away and laughed maniacally. But when the judge says, no, you're, you are, you have to answer Project Veritas's questions. Why did you intentionally lie about James O'Keefe? We have so many lawsuits, Tim, that, that our lawyer, we, I just think we're going to start suing people. I think it's time and because you can't, you can't defame people and get away with it anymore. So long as people don't fight back, you can. But now it seems like they picked a fight. They're not, you know. It's really expensive. The problem with litigation is that Mm. each of these lawsuits is a million bucks. But we talked about this last time. Remember we said someone should start a nonprofit and just start suing people who lie? Well, that that might actually just be project, you know, one third of our budget (laughs) at this point. You know, you'll make money on it. Yeah, Yeah, the People's Defamation Defense Fund. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Just get a big fund and then track when you know you, the, the issue is there are a lot of people now who are finding themselves in the public sphere who have small careers as personalities pundits and journalists they can't go up against the new york times small individual maybe there's a journalist who's got seventy thousand twitter followers and they're making you know 30 to 50k a year off of being an independent journalist well tim do you they think these people do you think it's psychologically two people want to be liked by the new york times or want their book reviewed is it that oh, definitely, psychological definitely. effect they don't want to take on an institution as as revered, as beloved. What do you think about you, that? Do you ever wonder? I was reading something that was really interesting. They talk about how the old mythological stories of heroism were individuals challenging the system, fighting against the gods. 
And the superheroes of today are supporting the system and fighting on behalf of the establishment. So I, I wondered about that. You have people right now that don't want to challenge the machine, no matter how evil or wrong it may be, no matter how much they oppress and harm the, the working class, the little guy, the individual. They want to be a part of the machine. They want to be the one hazing the other person, not the one getting hazed. So when you look at the, 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 the unfettered power the New York Times or CNN has to destroy lives, why would anyone choose to be on the other end of that? So I mean, it's, they all it's, side with them. It's a legitimate. And I think the same psychological effect has on people. I've noticed it since Project Veritas has been banned. I don't want to share Project Veritas because I might be banned. I want people to draw an analogy. That's like saying I don't want to tell the truth because the New York Times might be mean to me. Hmm. OK, let's treat <laughs> Twitter like the New York Times. Don't draw a distinction between big tech and big media. They are one and the same. In fact, the algorithms prefer CNN, right? Well, YouTube creates a special section on their front page for carousel as the establishment news outlets. You're not going to find. Well, you may get recommended shows like this. You may get recommended my other channels, which is news, commentary and journalism. But CNN gets special privilege. And yeah. what's funny is download VidIQ. I love this plug and I use it. And it shows you a percentage next to the title of every video video of the thumbs up to thumbs down ratio. You'll see the recommended videos are usually overwhelmingly thumbs up. Why? Well, they're being recommended. It'll be videos from maybe me or Steven Crowder or maybe people like Kyle Kalinske, depending on your politics, or Jimmy Dore. But then you'll see this special mainstream media carousel, and it's all 10% thumbs up, 5%, <laughs> just overwhelmingly rejected by the users of YouTube. But YouTube, desperate for the the approval of CNN, the New York Times, ABC, etc., drop to their knees and beg CNN to like them. Beg. Yeah. I think it's uh, fair to say, as you were mentioning, James, there, that the mainstream media and social media companies definitely share the same activist toolkits, as some people would say. <laughs> uh, but this is interesting. I think this is the bigger story here, the legal aspect of it, because if you remember, not so long ago, CNN had to settle with the Covington yes. kids. Yes. So there is a president yeah. undisclosed, for this. Undisclosed we amount. don't know exactly Exactly how much, but if if that's the case that we don't know how much, that means it's a, it's a, it's a good much. It's, well, it's a well, lot, not, nece not necessarily. <laughs> but yeah. it, I, I do want to address that. So I, I see a lot from the left saying this was clearly a nuisance fee. They probably paid the bare minimum just to make them go away. I don't think that's true. Well, that's yeah. ironic. I, I don't think that's true though. I don't because uh, I believe the the motion to dismiss failed, and they were potentially looking at depositions and discovery. Right. That sounds to me like the Covington kids and their lawyer probably said, we don't need a nuisance fee. We can put more pressure on you. Yeah. CNN probably, they definitely didn't pay $250 million to settle, but it probably was uh, nice. It's yeah. hard to know. That it, was it, the lawyer and that Lynn Wood was the attorney for Yeah, for isn't that Covington. crazy? But yeah. it's also the Washington Post that settled. So it's not right. just CNN. It's, true. It's, it's a number but of I think, news organizations. I think, Tim, you're right. What they fear most, and I've been through 12 of these depositions. I don't know if you guys have been sued. I've been sued so many times. And I've won. We, Project Veritas has never lost a lawsuit. I always talk about that. We've never lost a lawsuit, never settled a lawsuit. So they fear me. They, they, they fear litigation. And the reason they fear it is the reason you said, discovery. When you people don't understand depositions, they get all the emails. They've looked at all my emails. That's why I'm so clean. I've never broken the law at Project Veritas. We're so clean because they look at all of our emails. They can't find anything. But what happens when you open up CNN's emails, Tim? When you get when you get uh, a Brian Stelter, Anna Cabrera, and 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 Brian Fung in a deposition chair under oath. So Cabrera says one thing. Thank, they're going to be they're going to be attacking each other. Yes, their, their lawyer is going to be like, how do we solve this one? And you can't perjure yourself in federal court. You can't contradict yourself. So 
I actually came to this epiphany in the last week or two. We just need to start. We just need to start suing the shit out of them. Uh, when you have a case, when you have a case for defamation, that pre- that when you get past motion to dismiss, that's when people start settling lawsuits. And um, you, you're not going to settle, though, are you? I don't think so. I mean, I, I I've never settled on defense, on offense. I mean, it's going to cost me over a million dollars to get to a jury verdict in the New York Times litigation. That's a lot of money. Plus, you have to consider, I think, that the judges, in, oftentimes in these cases, will accept apologies and retractions, too. If they so. were, if the New York Times retracted the, this is the, I talked to you about this last time. This was the Minnesota video, and yep. Ilhan Omar, and the New York Times said I was part of a coordinated disinformation campaign. <laughs> the New York Times said that because they cited some idiot professor in some random place just saying, I think James is part of a coordinated disinformation campaign. And then they and then they cross-cited that on USA Today, and then Facebook cited USA Today and then banned our video. So I I I, I if they offered money, I'd consider it, but um I think my conscience says I'm going to go all the way to a jury verdict. Yeah. I would also ask for an apology and for CNN to eat more human brains on national television. <laughs> we will, I think we it's will, pure punishment. For we it. will never you know, pass over an opportunity to mention that a CNN host yes. on TV yes. ate human brain. Mm-hmm. And it's still on YouTube right now on awesome. numerous channels. Recommended and promoted yeah, while yeah. alternative independent media gets screwed over because the mainstream media giants we, always get promoted in the algorithms no matter what. And and they get caught so many times with their pants down, lying to the American public, whether through their sources, whether unknowingly or knowingly. We people, don't know until we have this, this, this discovery. The people watching yeah. this, and obviously every comment I see is, what are you going to do about it? I mean, people are just tired of complaining. So I think a solution, I'm, this is a solution. We sue them. Yes. Okay? There you go. Because... I can't tell you how many I have a dozen cases. We, I'm I'm you know trying to be the change I wish to see in the world as Gandhi said. I'm doing it. We're suing the New York Times for defamation in New York Supreme Court. We will get past motion to dismiss and Tim, there's a very strong chance that the New York Times tries to settle and give me money. <laughs> you you need to do a like remix remastered orchestral retracto with like yeah. whole no, we're bringing London in, we're bringing in live Orchestra. llamas. Yeah. We're, bringing, we're bringing alpacas. Let's go to India. We're gonna get an alpaca farm. Yes. an actual llama. I insist. And so, by the way, I didn't. This was like a dumb <laughs> idea. Came up. Andrew Breitbart came up with this ten years ago. People actually, their favorite videos are the retractal videos. I love it. It's a good song. I think they it love is. the fact that we actually get them to admit that they're lying. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But the question, do you think that I should take the money or go all the way to a jury verdict? I well, think what you should do, if I could recommend something, is you cover your costs, but then you take the, the money out of it and you create it and you put it in this fund where you protect other people. The People's Defamation Defense yeah. Fund. Yes. The People's, what do you call it? The People's Defamation Defense yeah. Fund. That's when you protect like that. The, when you protect the Redditors and the memers that CNN keeps going after or the grandma that they door stopped, right. you help those individuals in a fund after recouping some of your initial costs. Yeah. You take That's the, what I would do. You take the, uh, uh, the dividends and you... you uh, you start a fund with that. Well, exactly. so the, the one thing I would say is just, you know, weigh the risks. If the New York Times comes to you and offers apology, retraction, and settlement, and you say no, the judge might tell you to screw off. He might be like, what do you mean? You won. They came to you and they said they're going to give you everything you want. So it may it may be great to get a jury victory, but that's only if they, they fight you all the way. I got to say, we, we covered this story the other day a couple times, mm-hmm. you know, as the story has been emerging. The, the officer in the Capitol riots, New York Times put out fake information. The next day, and I missed this. This is because I, I, I trust the New York Times. It was reported in Houston. The officer died of an unrelated stroke. The New York Times didn't change the article until a, a month and, and a week or wow. so later. So I don't think the New York Times is that they're going to resist. I, I think they're going to resist as much as possible 
any kind of admit, admitting fault. But I'll tell you this, man, if you get the New York Times to, you know, issue a full retraction apology, they've done that before for you, haven't they? That's, a, that's a win. Yes, we've gotten we have we have hundreds of, of retractions and corrections, including a couple from the New York Times. If they if they offer to retract the article and apologize to me, that's there's that that's 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 the case. We win. That's what I wanted in the first place. But they Tim, they refused to do that. Right. And um, well, I, th- I think they didn't. I think I called their bluff. I think they're like, oh, you know, screw you. And they're not they're not used to people fighting back. Mm-hmm. They're not they're used to railroading people. And the, yep. and the biggest epiphany for me was because we got Raw Story to retract an entire paragraph. I don't know if you've heard of Raw Story. It's yeah, yeah, yeah woke, of course, of course. Woke clickbait verified sort of oh, yeah. situation. Are they connected to Soros? I, I, I yeah. don't know. Okay. Raw Story just retracted, Tim, an entire paragraph. They just, they just made something up. What, what, what did they make up, Eric? Raw Story made up an entire paragraph about Project Veritas. Oh, they said, they said that I said that Antifa was behind the Capitol rights. Oh, right, right. I never said that. <laughs> So our attorney said they just deleted it. Wow! Yeah. And and as and I was like, that's great. I got a retraction. I'm framing the retracto. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, for every one of these, there's fifty thousand that no one ever d- got deleted. Yeah. And and I think to myself, they should be thanking us for for doing a service because, but not for Project Veritas. That that paragraph would still be on the internet forever. On Wikipedia, cited by other organizations. Well, it blows your mind. Wikipedia for like seven years claimed I invented a uh, remote control Zeppelin yeah. for live broadcasting. I have no idea how. Cool. But that's the that's the uh, editorial standard of Wikipedia, I suppose. And that's the, right. And Tim Pool, great Zeppelin inventor. So <laughs> says Wikipedia. And the New York Times, in their response to our motion to dismiss, cited Wikipedia Beautiful. in the legal motion. <laughs> Wait, they really did? They had footnotes. But but James O'Keefe's Wikipedia page says that he's no good. Uh-huh. I'm not making I am not making this up. You know what? I'm man? not making this up. <laughs> the, Forget the great lady like, hath fallen. Uh, so what do you do? You gotta start this defense fund and then next time you come on, blow it up on the show, like talk about it and get people to start investing in it. Well we're gonna we're gonna start by by we already sued the New York Times and we're gonna start suing a few other outlets. I, I think this we're onto something here. Malice. Defamation law in the United States. You can't. Then, well, this 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 is why discovery and depositions are so dangerous to these organizations, because I I've been in these private Slack groups. So you guys know what Slack is. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's basically Discord for private corporations. Right. I have seen these people say things that would get them in very very serious trouble. I have had there's one particular instance I cite over and over again about a very prominent individual who now works for the New York Times who basically told me. Hey, we engage in unethical behavior, so don't report on other people doing the same kind of unethical behavior. And I was like, wow, if a story broke and they got sued and that chat was released in Discovery, the company would be their credibility would be gone forever. So how does yeah. Discovery work? So I've, I've been through this so many times. I'm not an attorney. I've got a few dozen working for us. I dropped out of law school. You, you do a motion to dismiss. It, you pass this motion to dismiss. That's when these companies start settling lawsuits, like in the case of Nick Covington uh, or Nick from the Covington. Sam, Nick Salmon. Thank you. Once you get past motion to dismiss, then the companies realize you are headed towards discovery. A deposition is where they videotape. They videotape me for 12 hours. I'm under oath. And they then and, and the lawyers pepper me with questions. They look at your emails. They get everything related to the litigation. So I can open up the New York Times's emails. I can look at every communication. It's against the law for them to delete emails about me. They have to preserve their records about me. 
And I get, and by the way, a deposition, nobody likes it. It's very uncomfortable. Unethical people, which we are not unethical at Project Veritas, we always behave like people are watching, fear the deposition. Have you ever been deposed? Negative. Have you ever been deposed? In, uh, uh, not not in this not in this kind of context. You ever been I've deposed? Been in trial I plead the fifth. You plead the <laughs> fifth. That's a yes. So I've I've been, I've been deposed like a dozen times. I've been to federal jury trials. I I understand this process, and it's very uncomfortable. I mean, I've been I've also been arrested by the FBI. So there's that. But I, I've been I've been through all this, and 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 they're not used to this. They're not used to this, and I. It's almost like a form of content when you get the executive editor of the New York times in a chair under oath. It's almost like he's required to answer questions and, 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 and know, their brain probably hurts because it requires, they're, they, they're legally bound to tell the truth. They have to, and their mm-hmm. brain isn't used to that. So the withered husk in their brain, that is the truth center <laughs> is like struggling to function. When you, it's like, like I, pouring I, I, water on a robot. It's like malfunction. When you do discovery, <laughs> you start pulling from the emails. If you find like different infractions of this guy said, d- defamed you, this guy defamed you, this guy defamed you. Do they then become no, it's, separate? It's so beautiful in the New York yeah. times case already. The reporter's name in that case, uh, uh, guys, the New York Times reporter Maggie Astor uh, wrote an article. This is so beautiful. In the article, she said that Project Veritas relies solely on the anonymous sources in the Minnesota video. When you can see the people's faces, it was just preposterous. It was self-evidently incorrect. And then under oath, Maggie Astor changed her tune. Under oath, she already printed a retracto oh. in the motion. Huh. She already changed the fact. She said, no, no, many of the people are, are named. So under oath, they changed their tune. Well, so that's that's a that's that's a, a that's victory. a retraction. But that's a victory for you. Though. That's a victory already. They've, they've now admitted the the facts are different from what they've proposed. They've already admitted. But she knows. Oath. She knows. She knows it, and the judge knows it, and the jury knows it. I'm telling you, this is the People's Litigation Defense Fund team. They, it's a good gotta, idea. They've got a. They've got to settle with you. They've got to just. Give but what money, concerns man. me is the damages that that guy, that girl, went on CNN in front of I don't know, hundred thousand people. Do you have how many people were watching? A that million episode? people. And they lie about. They said that you were spreading false information. Bro, this on is Twitter. what they did to me when when I got invited to the White House. So uh, me and Bill and and you were there as well. When we got invited to the White House, the Today Show showed my picture and claimed that I was a proponent of the Seth Rich conspiracy theory. They made it up because what happened was. Fox News reported definitively, it was Fox Business, I believe, information about the Seth Rich conspiracy theory. I then read that and said, wow, well, I don't believe it's entirely true, but we'll see what happens. Because I read a story that was later retracted, they ignore all of the context around the fact that it was retracted, that I came out when it was retracted and said, wow, the story was fake the whole time. Who'd have thought? But simply by reading a story that later got retracted, they claimed I was pushing a conspiracy theory. You see how that works? That's that's a great trick because yes. they'll argue, but it is true. It was a conspiracy theory. Yeah, but at the time, the context is relevant. It was a definitively reported story from Fox Business later retracted. I report on the retraction. That's the, that's that's the dirt of these organizations. They know it's not true. They know it's a manipulation. Think about every single journalist who pushed the insane Russiagate lies. Are they all conspiracy theorists now? Well, there's a, there's a great book called Disinformation by a, by, a, by a Soviet bloc dissident, which I tweeted this picture. This guy died yesterday. I can't even pronounce his name, but he wrote a book called Disinformation. He was a dis- defector. And he talks about how disinformation works in the Soviet Union, or in his case, Romania, I believe. Spell out his name. Or uh, just like Eon, M-I-H-A-I, Pop. Pachepa. He died yesterday and he wrote a book called Disinformation. It's like, it's like a thousand dollars on Amazon because everyone's trying to buy it right now. I have a copy of it. 
and and he says that there's always a little kernel of truth in their disinformation, mm-hmm. and they always go back to that little. It's mostly untrue, but there's right. some weird, like yes. you just said, little factoid, and um and that's how they do it. That's how disinformation works. They'll use some iota of truth, and it's and it's surrounded by falsehoods, assumptive language. Yeah, saying things like, uh, you know, James O'Keefe. They'll say James O'Keefe pushed the conspiracy theory that Antifa was responsible for the Capitol riots. Right, and then they'll argue in court. We didn't say that he affirmed, asserted as true. We say he pushed this, the the theory because he was talking about it. Like so if I ask a question, if you're I, pushing the conspiracy I, theory. <laughs> yep. I'm a reporter, right? So I ask questions for a living. So if I if I ask questions about whether Antifa was present. And then one reporter from Bloomberg says he implied it. Raw story says he's pushing the theory. Yep. It's this crazy thing. And, yep. and, and I, once I, it, I, once it makes it through a few, a few sources, it'll be James O'Keefe asked a question about X. Then someone else copies that and says, according to source A, James O'Keefe was asking, you know, it, it, it's implying that X was true. And yeah. then the third, so, third source yeah. says James O'Keefe said X. Then Wikipedia takes it. Runs it. James O'Keefe believes in, you know, space dinosaurs. It's like a game of telephone. Uh, and, and again, the further it goes, the crazier it gets. And people don't understand this because they don't see themselves doing this. But people need to understand the levels of depravity, the amount of lies, the, the amount of selective editing that goes into a lot of these mainstream media pieces. When they have an agenda and when they have something that they want to push, they will do everything in their power. They will stoop to levels that are unimaginable just to get that well, agenda uh, well, through. Well, the editing thing, that's what I say in the, our videos. It's a form of psychological projection. This is the, what, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but this is, this is projection. They just quite literally accuse their enemy of doing, and, 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 and we're not like that. You and I are, that's not how we operate. We're, we're fairly ethical people. We're pretty honest people, pretty down to earth people. These people project onto us what they do. And when they say editing, I mean, all journalism is edited selectively. So, I mean, these words are arranged into sentences in a, in a fairly deceptive manner. Uh, they write things. I mean, we, we do the purest form of journalism is people's lips moving. You can hear the words coming out of their mouth, but they practice this form of projection and, and it's rather evil. They, they just, and it works, Tim. It's effective. And they have like $100 million set aside annually for lawsuits getting ready to pay out 40 million dollars a year in lawsuits i'm just throwing a number i don't know exactly yeah, how they much. do though they're they're, yeah. they're they're well prepared for lawsuits they they budget them in they know they're coming and they know they can crush the little guy and that's what you were saying they they they, they railroad people they railroad people and and i, I think i think back in the new york times's case that that article about our minnesota video was the night of the presidential debate they had a researcher lined up from stanford it wasn't Stanford University. It's it's some other Stanford, some some unknown research group called Stanford. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. They called the guy. The reporter called the guy. They had a, they had, a, they had a canned remark. Yeah, it's quote probably part of a disinformation campaign. Probably, and then the New York Times cited that researcher saying it's probably part. They put it in the headline. It was cross referenced by USA Today. Facebook uses USA Today as their fact checker, and before you know it, fifty million people getting a notification saying the video is fake news. It's un. Believably effective. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, the story you just broke. Yeah, and uh, you know, in in talking about the censorship now. So you guys just put out this tweet, Mark Zuckerberg. I'll, actually, I have the tweet right here. You tweeted, CEO Mark Zuckerberg takes anti-vax stance in violation of his own platform's policy. I'm not going to read his quote because you know, even though I know you already did, but they, they might try. I, I'll tell you what I do when I read quotes. I'll do this quote. 
I share some caution on this vaccine because we, and this is Mark Zuckerberg saying this, just don't know the long term. And again, Mark Zuckerberg, side effects of basically, and again, this is from Mark Zuckerberg's quote, modifying people's DNA, uh, Mark Zuckerberg here, and RNA. <laughs> no, no, I have to do that because- They'll at, selectively edit you. Yes, yes, yes. No joke, no joke. Me reading something from Mark Zuckerberg and they will splice it together. Well, go ahead and splice it that many times if you really want to do yeah. it. Some people will. But this is Mark Zuckerberg basically saying something that as far as I can tell was never believed to be correct. When, when, the, when, the, when the research in the news was coming, about, coming out about the mRNA vaccine, it was never true. It was always a conspiracy theory that it modified DNA. Now, at the time, it was not against Facebook's rules to claim that. That's my understanding. That's correct, right? At the time, but recently, Facebook announced that they are, quote, expanding their efforts to remove false claims on Facebook about the vaccine. So Mark Zuckerberg makes the statement in July where he's essentially violating Facebook's own policy. And the question is, I guess Mark Zuckerberg's thinking has evolved on the vaccine. And uh, but it's a little bit strange because he's now just instituted this policy prohibiting what he was saying a few months ago. Well, I think it's fair to say people's opinions change. And Mark Zuckerberg was clearly wrong in this. The mRNA, it, it essentially it doesn't change your DNA. It just configures certain cells to produce the spike protein. And then when those cells die off, that's it. That's the end of it. That's why there's actually multiple doses. That's why they say it doesn't work necessarily in the long term. But this was I, I don't know what he was reading. Mark Zuckerberg was reading fake news. Now, it's fine, in my opinion, that he wants to have an opinion that's incorrect because people are wrong. Even Mark Zuckerberg. The real issue here, as you can see, and, uh, and we were talking about this earlier. Zuckerberg is afforded the right to pontificate on things that were widely considered to be conspiracy theories at the time. Right. Whereas if I said the same thing, I would have been annihilated in the media. He's telling his own staffers this stuff. Now he's implementing this rule. And again, I'm not holding it against him that he changes opinion. OK, no. but the authority is him. This is the problem. Who appointed Mark Zuckerberg to decide when and how we're allowed to think about things and share opinions? Well, his own vice president, Nick Clegg, we had him on a leaked tape basically saying they're just making this stuff up as they go. This is Nick Clegg, vice president of Facebook. He's a British guy and he's on the I guess he has their an oversight board. And and they're basically playing the role of judge and jury of the Supreme Court. The Financial Times reported there is a growing trend. Tech companies think they should be deciding public policy, not government. And this is a prime example. This has nothing to do with my opinion about the vaccine or whatever, or Europe. It doesn't. The point is, Zuckerberg is the CEO of Facebook. And just a couple months ago, he was anti-vax. This is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> not me, not you, not us. It's Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of maybe the most powerful company in the history of the planet Earth. At, at a time when if you tweeted anything remotely anti-vax, they went after you hard. But this is the CEO of Facebook anti-vax. On right. the record, not on the record, he's off the record. He's behind but closed doors. To a major I guess he's on the record to his own staff, his, his own executive committee saying this. This is a whistleblower inside Facebook, folks, has given us this tape of Mark Zuckerberg. That is one of Mark's own colleagues, is a source to James O'Keefe. And is still a source to James <laughs> O'Keefe. That's why those engineers are very careful That's right now. That's uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. right? And Mark Zuckerberg, just a few months ago, said, I'm anti-vax. I think it changes your DNA. Again, Mark Zuckerberg's words, not mine. Mm. It's too late. They got you. <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly, now, 
Mark Zuckerberg has changed the policy. You're not allowed to even pontificate about the vaccine. Doesn't that seem a little capricious to you? I think it, I think it's 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 good that he finally realized he was wrong. I think th- this is actually included in your report that he he did a public conversation with Dr. Fauci. Fauci. And you, here's what I love about this, because I, I texted you when I saw this and I was like, well, look, I get it. If he changed his opinion, you guys fully included the dates of when he said it. The date of when he had a change of opinion. You're yes. not hiding the fact that, and I think it's fair to point out that sometimes people's opinions change and good, good for Mark Zuckerberg on realizing he was wrong. The issue is if it's wrong to say it now, we knew it was wrong to say it at, you know, back in July when he was telling his employees this. The point is, why was the rule just implemented? Why was Mark Zuckerberg allowed to push insane conspiracy theories to a massive company, Facebook? It's, I guess the idea is if we're going to live under this rule about disinformation, you can clearly see that Mark Zuckerberg shares disinformation, and then it only changes when he realizes he yeah, was spreading disinformation. In, in many ways, and, and, and this Nick Clegg, the vice president of Facebook, is admitting as much in, in a leaked tape, one of these leaked tapes, saying we're kind, of, we're kind of having to come up with these rules. Think of it like the U.S. Constitution. Imagine the United States Constitution had very specific things that you're not allowed to say. One of them is you cannot speak about the COVID vaccine. I mean, that's what Facebook is saying they're just making new things up that you can't talk about. And the analogy I draw is the Constitution of the United States is very clear. Congress shall make no law prohibiting uh, the free exercise of the freedom of speech. But Facebook has these rules about certain subjects you're not allowed to pontificate about. And, and the audience, well, they're, they're a private company. They can say what they want. Mm. They're a private. Co- I get they're a private company. But you can't lie. Lying is wrong. It's just unethical. I would even question well, the private, uh, you know, remark there because I, they work hand in hand with the government in many different ways. So that would say they're even a quasi government agency, not even from their seed funding, but from what they're doing now. So it's interesting because, I mean, he's afforded to change his mind. He's allowed, he's allowed to pontificate, but, but we're not. You know, that's the thing. When, when you, when you get rid of conversation, when you censor it, when you stifle it, you spread a lot of these crazier theories. And then again, it, de- it deserves to be called out. Look, and I'm happy someone's look, calling look it out. Look at Twitter and Hunter Biden. The, this is one of the biggest media scandals of our generation. A news story broke about Hunter Biden, Vice President Joe, Biden, well, now President Joe Biden's son at the time, running for the, the highest office in the land. And his son was implicated in some very serious crimes and his brother. So Twitter intervened. Facebook intervened. And they publicly bragged, don't worry, we are suppressing this story so people can't see it. And then what, two weeks after the election was over, they were like, oh, that story? It was true the whole time. It was true the whole time. That is horrifying. And so this goes hand in hand. Uh, I think you're looking for some consistency. The consistency would be Mark Zuckerberg says don't spread disinformation. We derank disinformation. They give power to these third party fact checking organizations, which just make stuff up and they put out fake news themselves. Like my favorite was uh, Snopes article. Did Ocasio-Cortez exaggerate the danger she experienced in the Capitol? False. While she wasn't in the Capitol, the Capitol was stormed. No, AOC's story about the Capitol took place a full hour and 10 minutes before the building had been breached. So I think it is fair to have the opinion she exaggerated. Why then is Snopes given the ability to slap a warning label on my posts, which is, in my opinion, they didn't actually do that to me. I'm just saying on, on your or anyone else's post, Snopes can now put their opinion over your opinion. If we're supposed to be living by a standard to stop disinformation, I think what we've now realized from, you know, the, the, the video you've put out just now, this is the context I think you need to make sure people understand. Right. That 
in July, it was a conspiracy theory to say what Mark Zuckerberg was saying, and he didn't care. He let people say it. Now he had the epiphany, so he makes the rule. That's I, the problem. I, I mean, I, Are we allowed to have these ideas and communicate, or is it only on Mark Zuckerberg's whims the rules change? I, I mean, this is an extraordinary point, Tim. I mean, it's like a constitution. People need to understand these companies just, okay, now we're going to create a rule this week saying you're not allowed to talk about this. These are private companies. Again, this is from the Financial Times. Momentous decisions in the hands of private companies is not a long-term public policy solution. They neither have the legitimacy nor the capacity to make such decisions in the public interest. These are Supreme Court. These are akin to the Supreme Court decisions for Facebook to say, okay, now you are not allowed to talk about vaccines. It's, we will ban you. It's, 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 well, hold on, hold on. it's more that, powerful wait, than if the United States Supreme Court were to cast a decision tomorrow saying you are not allowed to talk about red delicious apples. Well, so, so, so hold on. Is the, is the rule actually that you can't talk about vaccines at all? Or I'm going to read the rule to you. This is last week, Mario, I believe. that uh, This is Facebook announced last week a new rule that said, quote, we are expanding efforts to remove false claims on Facebook and Instagram about COVID vaccines and vaccines in general. So I wonder, you know, it'd be really funny if like one day Mark Zuckerberg just like he meets somebody who he has this epiphany and he becomes this crazy fruitarian who thinks meat is wrong. Right. And then he passes a rule where he's like, right. I think that eating meat is just wrong and eating vegetables is also wrong. You know, a lot of people talk about not doing harm to animals, but you also harm the plant when you eat the vegetable. Fruits are actually meant to be eaten. So I think everyone should have to eat nothing but fruit and spread the seeds. So now we're going to ban anyone who promotes meat or advertises it. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly what <laughs> happened. insane. Because in July, he said, no, this thing is, I'm, I'm an anti-vax guy, and I think it modifies your DNA. This is like not five, ten years ago. This was in 2020, he said this. And suddenly, he had a change of heart. I mean, so I, I think that, that Facebook is more powerful than the United States Supreme Court. In fact, these tech companies are more powerful oh, than yeah. all three branches of government. So when they, we, make we, a, when they make a rule change that says you can't talk about something, it's it's as if the United States Supreme Court made a change about codified the United States Constitution. Well, give, give me the ability to control what people say, and I care not who makes the laws. Well, the thing is, okay, this is the big debate. This is it. This is a big debate of our times. They're, they're private companies right now, and we don't have the right to seize their yeah, means do. of production yeah, as we, a company. We, we that's, that's very communist if we were to say, okay, Facebook, now you're government-controlled. We're take the country. We're not going to do that. We're not seizing so, the means of so production. So we're not going to make them create their own terms of service. We can't do that. That's a communistic takeover. No. We can't no, no, do no, that. No, no, no. Listen to me. And the oh, problem is these companies have a right to create their own terms, as, as does a restaurant. They don't want you talking about certain things in the restaurant. Get out of the restaurant. That's the restaurant owner's right. My concern is how do we move forward in the society with that right, still being the case? And I can only find, Tim, please let me finish the thought that we need to free the software code. It, it's the only way to allow okay. other people to create software as powerful as Facebook with their own terms of service. So you made several points there. And the premise of your final conclusion is incorrect, which is what I'm trying to address. Scale exists. If there is one person buying up all the farmland and now no one has food, the people have a right to say, nah, you can't do that. One small plot of farmland has a right to their sovereignty to grow their crops and be left alone. One person seizing every single opportunity for people to eat is very different. Facebook is not some small platform people use sometimes. It is the one of the largest, if not the, it is the second largest website, I think, on the planet behind Google. 
And they essentially control the flow of information by, right. by monopolizing it. They've now used that monopoly power to control our politics. It is not the same thing as a restaurant. There's 50 different restaurants that are not chains I can go to. There's no other Facebook. The president is not on these other platforms. Okay, I agree. It is a monopoly. But if you look at Rockefeller Standard Oil, they broke it up. That was the first monopoly. And all it did was make Rockefeller more rich. They created six new oil companies that he had stock in all six. Don't. If they did this to Facebook, you'd have Facebook Prime. You'd have Facebook Messenger. You'd that's, have Instagram. That's not the answer. And Zuck, no, it's not the answer. Right. Breaking up Facebook is not the answer. Is. Yes. Regulating right. it by freeing the software code. Yes. Why would freeing the software code do anything? Because it would give people the opportunity to create software as powerful with their own terms. And then people would migrate to the place with the best Ian, terms. You just advocated against seizing the means of production. Now you're advocating for it. No. I think that Facebook has a right to function, and I would but never want to code, take it away from Mark. The code is their means of production. No, the means of production is the website. N no, the, the factory is, it, yes, what's, what's the website made of? The code, right? Yeah. So you want to give the secret sauce that makes their system work. Yeah, but I'm not going to take their system. That's what you're advocating No, for. I'm not taking, I don't I, want to take Facebook. I want to uh, free the software code so other people can create more of them. So you're taking it's the, different. Th they're allowed to keep their brand, but not the actual and company. the website and all the marketing that goes through the website. Yes, of course. That's the that's the only in my that's the only capitalist solution I can find over the last. I two think years. you're talking about transparency. I mean, these are these are these are these platforms. Uh, they have the ability to amplify certain voices while excluding others. It's a product of a you know scale economies, and 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 their power comes from from squeezing out al alternative platforms while fueling this virality. And and I think, I mean, I agree with you on one hand. I think it's about transparency. I, I'm, I'm biased, Veritas, my mission, I believe in it. If we just expose how they do what they do, you're talking about like letting their competitors know how, how, how what do you mean by by showing their what they're doing? Access to the source code. Access to the code. So you could see what the, how the algorithms work, um, how the code is built, how the software is built, so you could reuse it. And if you make it a free software code, if you take the software and change it and make it better, they would have access to your changes as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I think the, the answer is, you know, we, we had uh, uh, Will Chamberlain on the show talking about how Parler isn't the answer. We need platform access as a, as a civil right to make sure people have the ability to use these platforms. But I got to be honest, the, the, the problem is multifaceted. So I'll, I'll give you one example. Just because I'm allowed to use Twitter does not mean Twitter is functioning properly, right? So we talk about Facebook censorship and the, and the capriciousness of their rule changes. Well, recently I quote tweeted Cassandra Fairbanks. She was talking about, she did this story about vans pulling up to the TCF center and questions being raised about it. I said, I didn't think the videos mattered. Whatever they do prove or don't prove, I don't think they matter because Time magazine wrote an article basically saying that a, you know, the election was rigged. And then I put, I'm sorry, they didn't say it was rigged. They say it was fortified by changing election laws and manip manipulating the flow of information. That's a fact. They didn't say it was rigged. That's what I said. They said it was fortified. Time magazine wrote this article. Twitter blocked my tweet in all forms. You can't retweet it. You can't quote. You can't respond. You can't like. No, no, I'm sorry. You can't quote. You can't respond, retweet, or like. And they put a tag saying this claim about fraud is disputed, but it's literally not disputed. Time magazine wrote it. I was quoting Time magazine. So I actually reached out to Jack and I said, could you remove this? It is a false statement of fact. Jack did not respond. Huh. But he responds sometimes. You know, I talk to him every so, every so often. We have this other story that's really funny, actually. And this exemplifies the, the, the great problem. Check this out. Twitter labels Indiana AG's tweet of Valentine's Day meme that election was stolen from Trump. This is hilarious. Todd Rokita tweeted, 
happy Valentine's Day. And there's an image that says, you stole my heart like a 2020 election. Happy Valentine's Day. And Twitter says this claim of election fraud is disputed and this tweet can't be replied to, retweeted or liked due to a risk of violence. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Memes. It's, it's, it's a meme. Yeah. He's not literally saying there was fraud. He's mocking yeah. the idea. It's Donald Trump as a cartoon and he's making fun of it. You can't even post memes. Yeah, they went after a couple of my memes too on Instagram and Twitter just deleted them and I didn't even know. And I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Why me? I mean, they're satirical. They're meant to be funny. That's funny. That, 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 that seriously uh, makes I don't think that's going that's not going to make anyone violent at all and 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 now we're at a phase where Instagram just announced a few days ago that they're going to be going and snooping through your DMs your private messages Bro. looking for hate speech to go after that's not new I know, but them publicly announcing right, right, it, right. I think we them, have to them saying and, and being so bold, emboldened by it is new. We have to acknowledge the reality that uh, that these platforms are I think we've all been talking about this. They have a, a form of concentrated political power akin to basically a loaded gun on the table. They swing elections, they sway elections. So what do we do about it, right? That's what everyone says to, to me. It's like, okay, stop complaining, be brave, do something. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's exposing the reality. And I, I, we need an army of whistleblowers inside big tech. Well, you know, I, I've said this several times. I think the work you guys do is some of the most important work we have right now. In like, just in your show brought us Richard Hopkins. Last time I was on oh, the wow. show, the mailman from uh, from um, Pennsylvania, Erie, Pennsylvania, sent us an email after watching your show and blew the whistle on the postal service. Uh, signed well, an that's, affidavit. That's yeah. all you, man. I mean, we're just a bunch of people who sit, on, sit around talking about for, stuff on the internet. But you know? for whatever reason, he watches your show more right, than right. any other show, and he came to Veritas, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. That's awesome. Shameless plug. That's V-E-R-I-T-A-S Tips at ProtonMail.com. It's encrypted. Hopefully, the NSA is not intercepting that email. And uh, and that Richard came to us, and Richard lost his job, Tim. Richard was fired from the Postal Service. First, he was suspended. Then he was fired. By the way, I think that's important because he has skin in the game. He's an actual person who is going to lose his career for the public's right to know something. He's not just saying something. He's giving up his livelihood. Here, here's, here's why I say what you do is so important and actually why what you know Richard and others have done is even more important. I mean, for one, you can't do your job unless there's brave people willing to stand up and work with you to get that information out. More importantly... Those brave people who are standing up are creating this atmosphere where these big shots, these fat cats, these corrupt individuals now have to keep looking over their shoulders wondering who's going to say, you can't do that. I'm going to, I'm essentially going to blow the whistle. It's like you were mentioning earlier, you know, people at Facebook now have to worry who's the person there who's going to share what they're saying. Luke, when they, when they go to look at DMs, which is unconscionable and, and unethical for someone to browse private DMs, in the back of that whatever engineer coder's mind is wait before i look at the dm should i be worried if someone's looking at me mm. that, that 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 psychological yeah. effect exactly and this is why they don't have any transparency or accountability to their actions because if they did people would know what they can and cannot say they don't want you knowing it because they want this fear effect they want this chilling effect where you have to worry about your butt and and worry about what you're thinking about because when you're when you're censoring words you're censoring what people can think essentially and we also have to understand on the bigger point here these are not 
private capitalistic entrepreneurship organizations. You look at the seed funding, look where they came from. Look right now at their tax incentives, the visa programs, their data sharing surveillance programs, the government contracts that they receive. These are entities that are in line with a lot of government institutions that are working hand in hand together. In many ways, government is downstream from these institutions. Yes, and, and then they work hand in hand. And they're pushing this agenda together. And I think once we address that, we have to understand these are not just private entities that are private companies, pick and choose. They're not. They're not that at all. They are monopolies at least. That's a great observation. I was thinking as we were talking that there could be some software developer that's like, I'm going to blow the whistle on Facebook. I'm going to deliver all the code to Project Veritas. That wouldn't work because unless we use the government to regulate these people and to actually change the software license uh, and do it right, you could get rid of the code and they can just change it. So it, we have to we have to acknowledge that these guys are are basically quasi government organizations and should be treated such. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for the time being, I mean, things are demoralizing. That's yeah. Nice. I want to leave Twitter. I yeah. don't want to leave but, Twitter. But when I see the way they're treating you like this ridiculous. Well, I can tell you right now, there's someone watching this who does work for Twitter or Google or Facebook. I guarantee it. And um, we have so many sources and whistleblowers coming to us right now. It's beyond you, what you can fathom. I mean, we have untold dozens, over 100 whistleblowers right now, recording, watching. I'm talking about the CEOs of these companies. And if you're watching this right now, just like uh, just like Richard Hopkins a few months ago, send us a note. I think the solution is exposure. I think they don't fear the United States government anymore. They, these, all these people, these politicians are, they, they, they almost like they suck up to CNN. They, all they ever do is go on CNN. I don't even know what these Congress critters actually do. <laughs> what do they actually do? Well, because all I ever see them doing is going on Instagram, which is owned by, by Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. and going on television. Do they actually create any laws? I guess they don't because government is in a state of sclerosis, so they can't pass legislation. So all they do is go on tech platforms. They are beholden to tech. They suck on the teat of big tech. Where would AOC be without Twitter and Instagram? Nowhere. Twitch. These all That's the it. government, just like Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, uh, the, the media has more power than all three branches of the government. Mm-hmm. And what laws are they beholden to when they say you are not allowed to talk about this or that? It is akin to the United States Supreme Court changing the Constitution and saying, uh, you know, First Amendment applies, you, you, except when you talk about, you, you know, know, applesauce. You want to know something really crazy that I was reading? And I, guys, definitely, if you're listening, fact check me on this one. I was reading some uh, post, there was a conservative who posted this, that Trump's own lawyer in the impeachment trial believed the very fine people hoax up until he had to research the evidence to defend Donald Trump, then realized the media had been selectively editing what Trump had said, and Trump definitively denounced white supremacy after after Charlottesville. And, well, the media cuts it out of context, like they did with the Shinzo Abe fish feeding thing. And this lawyer didn't know that about Trump until he was investigating because he had to go over the evidence. How many people think they're informed because they read the news? They read what Facebook allows to be shared. And they actually are just being fed garbage. The amount of fake news, disinformation, and propaganda out there is absolutely insane to even fathom sometimes. Uh, It's like 1984, 2 plus 2 equals 5 is just keep being repeated. You you know that's a real thing, though, right? I know, I know, I know. uh, I've seen seen everything, I've seen it unfold. But James, the one question I really wanted to ask you here, when you got hit by Twitter, was there any alternative social media platform that you were looking into fully transitioning away from Twitter? So I, I, I take a unique position on this because I, 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 I may take a stance that 
Tim, you don't agree with, or Luke, you don't agree with. I, I think that content is king. That that I, I believe in distribution by proxy. In other words, if they ban me everywhere, which everyone's warning me about, okay, whatever. They ban me everywhere, and I get a and I get a hidden camera video of a federal judge taking a bribe. That's a thirty second video. I would simply send an email to my five hundred thousand people on my email list saying, please download this video and upload it to your Twitter. <laughs> And they can't ban every so content is king. Content, not platform, is king. I've always believed that. Everyone wants to create another platform. I I, I thought this in the back of my head about Parlor. By the way, Parlor got banned. Okay, we're gonna create another Parlor. Parlor's back. Parlor's back. But but and then I saw Parlor banned Milo today. And now I, he's back. Oh, he's back. Too. Okay. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> there's all these updates about the platform. But at the end of the day, content is king. I didn't coin that phrase. That was a. Uh, the Viacom CEO, I forgot his name. But I, I, I believe that um, what was going through my mind, Luke, was that content is king. A good story will effuse its way and distribute it, you know, its way, sort of like the black goo in the movie Prometheus. It will just sort of get out there and there'll be a new paradigm. I don't know what the name of the next or the future platform will be. But what I do know is a good story is always lurking behind every corner and and again, distribution by proxy. So Telegram, we had 4,000 followers a couple weeks ago. Now we have 350,000 followers. Wow. And what mm-hmm. we'll do is we'll send a Vimeo link and say, please download this clip and upload it into your Twitter. So if we're banned on Twitter, citizens can 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 do that. What are they going mm-hmm. to do, ban everyone? They can't well, do that. This is the funny thing. You know, when TikTok had a bullying problem, there were people being mocked for their appearance or their weight. They realized something. Whereas Twitter bans the hate speech to protect the minority, TikTok realized, well, if we want to stop the bullying and we ban, say, a thousand people bullying this person, that's a thousand users we lose in our annual reports for shareholders. Why don't we ban the person being bullied? Then there's no more bullying. So TikTok actually targeted the person who was a victim of the of the insults. That was clever. And uh, I, I bring that up just because in the instance of Twitter, well, they can't ban everybody because then they're going to have to issue a report saying we lost X many users this quarter. Oh, we banned them because we didn't like what they had to say. Yeah, and they can't ban us today because if they ban us for the Zuckerberg story, every reporter that talks about it will have to say there's no doxing here. It's Zuckerberg on tape. You know, you know what the problem is right now, though? It's not fun anymore. It's not it, what? It's not fun. Which Twi- part? Tw- Twitter used to be fun. Used oh, it's terrible. Yeah. You, you, but they're getting rid of interesting people. Seeing a Trump tweet was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the journalists would have panic attacks when Trump would tweet. That's weird. But I thought it would be funny when Trump would tweet something really silly, you know, like not that he should have most of the time, but sometimes he would tweet funny and silly things. What, what did he tweet? Oh, yeah. When Elizabeth Warren was drinking the beer, remember this? And her husband walks up and then she's like, thanks for being here. Trump <laughs> tweets. What do you mean? He's supposed to be there. It's his house. That was hilarious. It made it made it exciting. They're getting rid of anything that's that's like even remotely interesting on the platform. I mean, and and if they ban us today for publishing a videotape of Zuckerberg, every reporter who reports on the ban will have to include the facts about what Mark Zuckerberg said. That's why they won't ban us. Uh, Tim, I think there's a lot to this whole litigation. That's a good People's one. Though, lit- yeah. I I mean that. I, I my producer just texted me. That's genius, Tim. Uh, helping <laughs> helping others with a litigation fund. That's a really important idea yeah. because so many people get defamed. Yeah. And and we have a recourse in 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 the theory of defamation law, especially and, if they're not public figures. And I'm a public yeah. figure. I have to prove what's called actual malice. I have to prove the person knew 
they were lying about me when they lied. But a non-public figure, Tim, if you're railroaded, discovery. This is a really good idea. I don't. I, I think the people. The reason people haven't done this is because they don't know they can do it, and it takes. I, I call it balls, resources, and willpower. Balls or 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 huevos. Fortitude. Huevos. <laughs> Cojones. Huevos. And that's huevos. the uh, the politically correct terminology. Yes. Eggs. <laughs> Eggs. And and I think it's a great idea. I think it's an excellent idea. You can call it the People's Defamation Fund PDF. Yeah, PDF files. PDF. Yeah. Yeah. And people already, you know, it's already in the back of their mind, PDF. They know well, they is. say the idea is 1% of it, 99% is the execution, but still. I think if you launched, uh, not a GoFundMe, because they would ban you in two They'd seconds. they ban you, yeah. yeah. But if you launched a, any one of these other, pla- any, any, any other fundraisers, you'd instantly raise enough to just hire uh, an executive manager or whatever to run the fund. Listen, and then I'm going to say it on your show right now. If we get the New York Times to give us money, which I, I'm betting my reputation on it, so it's going to happen. Yes. We're going to use some of those proceeds to start this um, this idea that you have, I like this idea. You, I mean, think, you mean the idea that I brought up? The idea that you <laughs> <Yes>. had. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Luke, but, but another I thing, named it. But another thing to, to, I mean, I remember starting off and I was, <laughs> when I was still just, you know, no one, not a big reputation, getting slandered and attacked by the mainstream media. And also other instances where they literally took my videos that I did, my live reporting on protest, and they claimed it as theirs so many times. Didn't they call you like a non-shrinking violet or something? Yes, that was the New York Times. What was that quote? That was in uh, the... Luke Radowski is armed with a video camera and a YouTube channel and definitely is not a, a shrinking violet. Nice. Uh, uh, that, that was the New York Times perspective. And that was actually, you know, fair r- reporting on their part, which was really interesting because they actually quoted me correctly when other news organizations literally took quotes out of context, put them together to make them sound bad, or as if I was pushing for some kind of violent action, which I, of course, never was. I believe in total nonviolence. Always have, always have advocated for that. But, but for them, especially when I was starting off, especially when I didn't have a big following, they would just take everything I did, take my live reporting, take my photos, take my videos, claim it as theirs, and then when I became prominent, they started slandering me, and I'm like, what's what's going on here? I actually started talking to some lawyers, and uh, they, let's just say they don't steal my uh, videos, they don't steal my photos anymore. But a lot has changed did. in the last seven, eight years. Yeah. The lot, the world has changed. The New York yeah. Times went real. It went. Yeah, bad. we were talking about this yesterday with Will because you know even even with that New York Times, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction lie. There is still some kind of understanding that the New York Times tries to tell the story, mm-hmm. and even then, when they caught with, when they got caught with the WMDs, they they admitted it, they talked about it, they they, they there were some repercussions behind it. Judith Na- Miller, or- yeah, yeah, they 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 faced some real actions because of that. Uh, still, not enough comparatively to the lie that they sold the American public and the hundreds of thousands of people that died and the radicalization and immigration crisis that came out of it. But but, but still, not enough. But it's still there was still this kind of veil under understanding that 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 they're trying that they made a mistake that 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 you know they're going to do their best they even interviewed me a couple times and they did honest real reporting but but now all of that's gone all that whole perception that whole understanding that they're even trying they're not even trying anymore they're blatantly slapping the american people upside the face they're obsessing about race they're obsessing about all this other stuff that divide and conquers us so we fight each other and we don't focus on the real issues the actual things that do affect us uh especially after 2012 their their decline is evident and they're not the same new york times that they're known for let's uh let's jump to super chats and you know normally i like to read as many as possible but 
uh, I'm going to try and find as many questions for James as possible, you know, because a lot of the comments are just general, you know, comments on stories. And forgive me if you guys, I, I will read a, a bunch of Super Chats, don't get me wrong, but I think it's a good opportunity for people to get questions in for James if they haven't had the chance to. I'll start with one of the most important. Aurora Isabella says, this is a statement, James, O'Ke- James O'Keefe is hot AF. With a sweating face. <laughs> that was very important to let you know. They... Say about that. <laughs> you know, maybe I should... St- no, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Modeling shots. No, I was going to say... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Riley Lu- uh, Luan says, James, how can I help? I've got media skills, CGI, but no real revenue source at the moment. And I'm certainly not afraid of speaking out online or in real life. How can I best help to take these corrupt a-holes down? So Prager says there's three... You know, th- three you know, sorts of people in this in this life: uh, those who uh, fight, those who donate to those who fight, and those who do nothing. Mm. So I suppose you're not the third. So you can either you can either wear a camera, strap a camera to your body. Tim, you can. Um, what's her name? What's the person? What's the person who asked the question? Their name. Oh, I, I. You can either put a camera on your body. You can you can find someone in your network who works for an organization that wants to blow the whistle to be a citizen reporter. Riley Luand. Riley, or you could donate a tax exempt donation to Project Veritas. Those are your two options. Pick one. Very cool. Colin Stevens says, Tim, please recommend James reach out to Nick Recchietta of Recchietta Law. He's also a YouTuber and has talked about building a support network with lawyers for situations like this before. Nick Recchietta. Yes. I think that's a guy whose meme was banned. Recchietta. Meme? Yeah. yeah. The, the, no, that's, that? that's, that's not the... How do you spell the last, last name? name? R-E-K-I-E-T-A. Oh, All right. This so, is a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Sent, to, sent to my team. Thank you. Yeah. Mitch Stew says, I tried posting a positive comment about James multiple times. It kept giving me an error message and took a screenshot. Tim, this is the same thing with your live stream title. James is the new Alex Jones. Well, I, I, I mean, maybe, listen, if that happens, videotape your screen. I mean, I get messages like this all the time. Some of them are bunk. Some of them are real. I, I mean, I'm sure it happens. Uh, again, what's more interesting is a hidden camera video of the engineer or the coder in real time eating Doritos, high-fiving each other. Let's mess with James O'Keefe's Insta page. That's what the video I want. Or stopping us from or looking going- at the or the, looking at this is not me. I'm, again, I'm quoting somebody. The dick pics on Twitter. Remember that guy, Clay? Uh, Clay Haynes from Twitter. Clay Haynes from Twitter. We got him on hidden camera in San Francisco bragging about, yeah, we look at people's dick pics on the DMs. I mean, that was extraordinary. I want to see those videotapes. Yeah, the NSA was doing that before it was cool, though. They were doing that <laughs> over 10 years ago. We, but yeah. we need the videotape of the NSA yeah. people yeah. doing it. James. Well, NSA officers got caught spanking it to people's Whoa, private dude. images. Yeah. I confronted General Hayden about oh. this. He denied it, and I had to confront him with the actual news article, and then he's like, Wait, and he is, ran away. Is Hayden the one that lied under oath about the Fourth Amendment stuff? It's hard to know I, because I all of them lie under oath, especially <laughs> if they're former <laughs> CIA. And we have Mike Pompeo well, one, bragging one like, about one it. One of them like scratched his head like uh, under James oath. Clapper. Clapper. Yeah. yeah. It was like the, this guy's a spy, and he's like the worst liar ever. He's like, <laughs> yeah. not. He's like not wittingly. We don't wow. spy on people. If ah. you're gonna lie, at least try yeah. to like. Well, Mike know, Pompeo think, says they get taught how to lie, steal, that and was cheat. the worst. That's that's in their. That was the worst lying ever. It's like a spook. Like, I, I did not spy. I mean, at least, I mean, these are bad spies. Yeah. Think, think about the amount of viewership we've lost because we couldn't include your name in the title. The amount of we, viewership we, you lost we, because you we, couldn't we, include my name? In the title. We, we put the name of our guests in the title of the show so people know. Because often, you know, when we have, say, Jack Murphy or Will or, you know, or James O'Keefe, there are a lot of people who maybe not wouldn't normally watch the show but want to see this particular perspective. When we tried yeah. to stream with your name in it, 
It didn't work. When I changed the title, removing your name, it worked. Now the title is YouTube is giving us the business, won't let us stream. <laughs> a lot of people are clicking that to see what's going on, and they're going, oh, whoa, it's James. Oh, man. Imagine if they got an email notification saying James O'Keefe on the show. You get like 900, you get like times 40, 50%. Well, it would be times 80%. All of the people who want to hear what you had to say. And it's not just about you, James. It's all. about any other guest we would have where it, for some reason, is not allowing us to do it. Now, I'll tell you this. Is it possible? It was just a, a crazy old glitch. It is possible. Just, just a glitch, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm at the point in my life where the glitches always ever fl- always flow in one direction. Never go full <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> they, 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 no, no. So what I'm saying is, at a certain point, you want you want to say that, uh, you know, the make the least amount of assumptions. Someone correct me on, on Occam's yeah. Razor. What is more likely? Well, when we know they actively censor conservatives, when they literally just censored, suspended Project Veritas on Twitter for ridiculous BS reasons, and we know they did, and then I tried to have James on the show with his name in the title, and it doesn't work. I yeah. think it's simpler to say uh, glitches happen, well, though. Well, but they, they only they they happen like come on, man. At a certain point. It, 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 there are more assumptions in. It just so happens that James is being censored at the exact same time. We they're not letting our stream go on. Mines, I'd get messages be like these glitches only happen when it's me doing it. But you know how many people are having that experience? Like, yeah, it only happens Look, to you. The truth is very powerful. Saint Augustine said the truth is like a lion. I'd like to hear more more questions if you have them. Oh yeah, we got more. Oh yeah, yes. But I, I've got I've, you know I have to go through and, and find them all. Sure. All right. Let's see. Have to go through them, so I'll just I'll, I'll grab some for the for uh for in the meantime as we scroll through because there's a lot. I, I don't I don't want to leave people out. Milton Bradley said, uh, I'm sorry, not, uh, elusive Gator says, Tim, would you be willing to invite Don Jr. Trump's son on your show? Would you invite him? Yes, that'd be fun. One hundred percent. Whenever he would like to come on. Tom Saltzman says, Hi Tim, could you and your crew please start a real fact checking website? We are absolutely planning on doing that, but I'm also curious if uh, if you guys are planning on doing that, James. Any kind of a real fact checking website or, or just general reporting. I know you guys do investigative work. Yeah. But what about I think we have to focus on our on our on our sort of uh, mission, which is to be the answer to the question. What can I do? I was talking to uh, a, a, a very popular uh, host of a major news television and he said, everyone asks, what can I do? And I feel like that's my purpose in life is to be the answer to that to that. So I have to keep focused i don't want to lose right. my, my focus and be a fact checking of everything well that being said we have another question stan t double zero says james love your work curious has any leftist submitted stories versus conservative parties to project veritas keep up the great work leftist submitted stories in the sense of exposing uh, non-conservatives I, I i i think he's saying have you gotten leftists trying to expose conservatives or people on the right if if someone's doing something wrong or corrupt, I'll publish it. I I, I did a story on a Republican uh, ballot harvester in Texas mm-hmm. that she was arrested by the Attorney General. Her name is Raquel Rodriguez in New Hampshire. The Attorney General of New Hampshire, Republican, we exposed uh, someone who voted multiple times. So uh, at the end of the day, there was the Jeffrey Epstein uh, clip that we got from ABC News owned by Disney. And uh, this was a leaked recording of Amy Robach a year and a half ago. And this was a non-Republican. Or So I, I think Veritas right. over time will expand well, in many directions. I, I love the idea when they claim that you target leftist groups and you, you went after you, – you've investigated Google, The Washington Post, The New York Times. Yeah. So, sort of a tacit oh, implication these institutions are leftist. You only go after left-wing <laughs> groups like The New York Times and The Washington <laughs> Post. Okay. Huh. Well, there's your answer, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Michael Smith says – with all these barriers to open discussion, lockdowns and censorship, what do you see we can do to help affect public opinion? 
I have thought about getting more involved in local government. Thoughts? Keep it simple. I am a gorilla. Much love. Gorilla. Yes, yeah. indeed. I, I thought you put this because I'm a, we're a gorilla journalist. I didn't know if that was. Oh, oh it's, it's pun, Alex Jones Apropos, created a meme. Coincidential. Yeah. yeah. Um, skin in the game is a term that my colleague Eric Cochran used, who blew the whistle on Pinterest. Eric Cochran said, "I have to have skin in the game because we only live our lives for so long. Life is short. My advice to you is, sir, is to is to get involved locally and to." And to be an investigative reporter on, on, on the local level, as Luke has, has done. And, and, you know, it'll mean something after you're gone. And I think we don't realize, you know, and I think people are beginning to wake up and understand that we have to be the media. Stop complaining about how biased they are and just go out and do their jobs. Yes. I mean, when I did the Acorn story 10 years ago, I walked in in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, my colleague Hannah was dressed like a Miami hooker. She was yep. 20 years old. And within minutes, these pseudo-government agents were telling us how to disguise underage hookers as dependents on our tax forms. It was amazing how easy it was to just get people to just talk, just be a journalist, to go out and do it. It doesn't – you don't need that much training. Just take a camera and go start asking questions. And John Stewart sang your praises, saying, journalists, where are you? Look at this kid. Look what he's doing. And the United States Senate voted 83 to 7 in a democratically controlled House and Senate to defund ACORN. That was wow. 10 years ago. Victory. Um, and this is a girl that messaged me. Hannah messaged me on Facebook. I've never met her before. She said, James – you think it'd be a good idea to go into Acorn dressed as a hooker? Now most people get these sorts of yes! slide into the DMs, Great. slide into the DMs. They delete them as spam. I said that's a great idea. There should be a pimp in the situation. That's me. And you know, be a citizen journalist. Go out there and just go do it. Robert Bettel says he who controls the feed controls the world. I propose forcing by law the algorithm to be open source. And the choice of which algorithm and third-party filter service be moved to the end user. I think it's a it gets really I don't know, but esoteric mm. when 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 talking about the code and the source and how we deal with that. And that's one of the challenges. They they rely on this not only opaque system, but even if they did release the code, most people are going to look at it and say, "I have no idea See, what that is." I have a different perspective a little bit than you. Know, I, I think the solution is for the CEO or the vice president of these companies to come out and say. In Congress, we are trying to elect Democrats. If they just said that, I'd be happy. I wouldn't be happy. I'd be. I, it'd be a start. It'd be a good start. Acknowledgement. Because if, it because if the code or whatever the, it is, I'm not an engineer, so excuse my ignorance. But whatever it is that we're talking about here, <clears throat> somewhere in, in that code shows them targeting, shadow banning. Uh, let's say Tim, we had a San Francisco engineer at Google quite literally writing code as we speak, targeting this podcast. And he was under oath in Congress. And he said, uh, you know, Congressman Smith, I targeted Tim Pool's podcast. And here's the code showing me doing it because I hate Tim Pool. I want to destroy James O'Keefe and I want to elect Democrats. Thank you very much. My, I'd be very happy. My with problem that. with relying on the CEOs or executive is, is that it's not a good and evil thing for me. It's a thing about it's justice, because if if you, if you rely on the CEO to do the right thing and reveal themselves, they're going to sell the company. And then you're going to have to rely on another human and another human. And that allows for corruption to breed. I just think the system should be transparent and not even open source, but free software like GPL, General Public License, or the MIT license, so that if changes are made to it, those changes are also free and open. The, 
the, the challenge, James, with what you were saying about the guy saying, like, here's the code, is that they're not going to say that. I mean, I'd, I'd love it, too. They're going to do what we've already seen these big tech companies do. There is no bias. We do not ban people for public opinion, or, you know, for their political opinions. And then they just say, we only ban for rule violations. And our rules are extremely specifically uh, specific and politically motivated. Do you motivated. think it's cognitive dissonance? Do you think they've convinced themselves? Or do you think oh, secretly? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, okay. just just look at. Uh, uh, I, I I know it gets brought up so often, but uh, the Joe Rogan episode with you know it was right. me, Joe, when Jack didn't understand when I told him to his face, "Your rules are biased against conservatives." He said, "We don't ban people for being conservative for their political opinions." I said, "Yes, you do, because your rules are biased against." Conservatives. So this is from the Orwell book, nineteen eighty four, where they're actually their cognitive dissonance is to such a degree where they've actually convinced themselves not to actually internalize or think of the word doublethink because in doing so they're admitting they're tampering with reality. So you're saying right. psychologically, even when they tuck themselves under the covers at night, they don't individually and personally think that they're helping Democrats? Is that right. what you're saying? So so in the instance of Jack Dorsey, it was a really fascinating revelation. When I told him, you have a policy against misgendering people to conservative Americans, of which half the country or, or you know, a little bit more, a little bit less, they believe that if someone is born biologically male, you must use, you know, he, him pronouns. Whereas the left believes it's based on identity. Those are two different worldviews. Your rule set penalizes the conservative worldview. Therefore, a conservative who expresses their worldview will be banned from your platform. Your rules are biased against the conservative worldview. And it was like the first time he had ever heard that. Like he didn't realize in their minds, 99.9% of Americans hate Donald Trump, are all progressives. And it's just this silly fringe far right. Oh, those dang far right. How did 75 million people vote for Donald Trump? They were tricked by, by lies. That must be it. It's like, the, it's like, you know, the, you know, the principal Skinner meme. Yeah. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. That's, that's, that's <laughs> them. They don't get it. No matter how many yeah, times you that, tell that's, them. That's, that's, that's straight out of 1984. That's out of the, uh, the manual, uh, uh, the Emmanuel Goldstein manual that George Orwell hypothesized, which is that, uh, it's to believe that black is white and then to change your mind and never to have previously thought that black is white and, to, and you can't even talk about double think. It's a strange psychosis then, Tim. If what you're saying is true, I don't know if I agree with you. I think there's a, there's a substantial minority of these engineers and, and folks in Silicon Valley that have an intentionality behind how they code that, that, that do have an agenda and that would privately admit this. No, definitely. I, I think that, there, that there's a substantial minority and therefore the mission is to expose that intentionality. But I think you're also right that there's also a substantial minority of people who have, are like the, the Goldstein manual in Orwell's 1984. And they have, they have this cognitive dissonance where they don't even concede the notion of doublethink. And they've convinced themselves through some type of strange psychosis. Do you know what happens when someone is experiencing cognitive dissonance and you prevent you, you present absolute proof that their worldview is incorrect or at least a portion of it? You know, you know what their reaction is? Blind rage. This is why you see those videos of the famous memes of people like their veins are popping out and they're screaming. Like, ah. And that's why you see so often the meme of the cool as a cucumber guy, you know, poking fun at them. The person who is not emotionally agitated who has thought through their problems, who has thought through the problems and looked at the information, has the arguments right at hand. For the most part, I don't think every single person on the right has all the answers. But you'll see a lot of these ideologically driven, woke, culty, leftist type individuals, pro-censorship, experiencing the cognitive, cognitive dissonance of trying to claim their for free speech while almost also simultaneously being in favor of censorship. 
they can't handle it. They make up like there's that famous comic where the guy says that the paradox of tolerance, which it's a paradox itself, like the comic itself makes literally no sense because it contradicts itself. They can't see through this. Eventually, when they're confronted by information that proves it, they snap, they get angry, they get violent. They get rage. Right. It's a defense mechanism. And when you so, have a, an ad, a social media admin that's feeling rage, that's when the bans happen. Exactly. So the way it was explained to me, and this could be absolutely wrong, it's been a long time, this was, it, was, it was explained to me by some um, a psychologist, I think. What they basically said was, you grow up, you know, you're a little kid, you're, 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 you're a preteen, you're a teenager, you're a young adult, and you're building a worldview. You're in your mind, you are determining what is true and what isn't. By the time you're, you're, you know, getting into your late teens, into your early twenties, your brain is sort of now constructed a solidified worldview that is nearly complete. At a certain point, your brain says, this is true. It must be true because you've survived for this long. Whatever it is that you've learned has helped you survive in this dangerous, treacherous world. So it is dangerous to have those ideas and that worldview challenged. Because if it turns out you're actually believing something that could be dangerous for you, it could put your life at risk. The simplest way to explain it is back when humans were running through the fields in the savannas, we learned, hey, you know, fire hot. And your brain builds this worldview that fire is hot. People believe these things and their social circles. They, they, you know, basically solidify and fortify this worldview. Mm-hmm. Once you get to a certain age, you need to maintain that worldview because it will keep you alive. All of a sudden, someone comes around and completely shatters that worldview, putting your life at risk. It's a defense mechanism where by getting emotionally enraged, it shuts down your ability to process the information to protect what has kept you alive for this long. It's essentially a a fail safe that actually backfires in the long run. I think what concerns me, I, I would love to hear your opinion on this, is that people are, for the most part, lacking critical thought. Maybe not all. But and I know we can learn critical thought, but even people that are massively intelligent developers or fantastically wealthy business tycoons lacking critical thought, where if someone challenges your worldview and says something you think is threatening your safety, you're still supposed to support their ability to do that under the U.S. Constitution. I I go back to Orwell constantly because I feel like this book answers so many of these questions. And what scares me about the Orwell book is when Winston, the protagonist, this is the uh, Winston Smith, is being tortured by O'Brien, the tyrant. And, and, and every one of us has got fears. Imagine your worst fear in the world. I'm not going to say to my enemies what it is. And, and the Orwell... Is it bees? What? Is it bees? <laughs> Close. <laughs> You're on the right track. Um, and the t- tyrants have figured out that they have, they have Winston... Uh, they've put a cage on his face and they put a rat. The biggest fear of Winston is a rat. And he says, two plus two equals five. Please tell us that two plus two equals five. Winston says, no, no, two plus two equals four. And the tyrant opens up the door and the rat's coming towards his face. And finally, Winston says, okay, two plus two is whatever you want it to be. Two plus two is whatever you want. Just don't put the rat in my face. None of us are that strong. None of us are that. I don't care. Don't tell. Think of what your worst fear is in the whole wide world. Could be. I don't know, spiders, bees, whatever. None of us are that strong. I, I don't I don't I don't agree. I don't I don't there agree are with you. Four lights. Do you know that reference? Do you know the reference? There are four lights. Every, a bunch of people watching are going, yes, it's uh <laughs> it's from the next generation, Star Trek. Captain Picard is kidnapped and tortured by the Cardassians. 
and there are four lights in front of him. And he keeps saying, there are five lights. Now tell me, how many lights are there? And Picard refuses to say there are five lights. And he says, there are four lights. Was he tortured? Yeah. Yeah. He was tortured, deprived of sleep, all of the, you know, yeah, he was tortured. And well, he's like disheveled and shaking and he refused to back down. Well, I mean, this is the, this is the question that, that this is t- to go to your point, but yet we live in a society where there's, there's, there's courage. There's the courage to run up a hill with a bayonet. You know, Von Klausowitz talks about two different types of courage. And then there's moral courage. Where the hell is the moral courage? In Washington D.C., well, we're not asking I, people to give I, up their lives. We're giving, we're asking them to give up their reputation. And 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 Orwell's hypothesis is that no one is that strong. The, the protagonist, Winston Smith, is forced to say that two plus two equals five, or a rat eats his face. Okay, and Winston says, "Okay, whatever. Two plus two equals five. And Orwell sells to Orwell says to tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing them to forget any fact that has become inconvenient, and then when it becomes necessary again, to draw it black, back from oblivion. For just so long it is as needed to deny the existence of objective reality. So these Silicon Valley people are are are, are these tyrants telling us this two plus two equals five. It, it's I, a you, great you, you, metaphor you, you, because I feel like we're being scared through social media into into the spirit of what uh, race or social, because social I have other. Rejection. I have people in the conservative movement. I, I don't even consider myself part of that movement. Afraid to retweet me for fear of being. What? That We're not talking about a rat. Those are cowards. Well, well, there's a lot of them, my friend. But it's absolutely, like, absolutely. It's like but, a but method. I, 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 I want to add scare it. people so that they become willing not to change. Right. We're not talking about spiders and bees and rats. No, we're talking, we're talking about the possibility of being censored on Twitter. If that's the thing that they're scared of, we're in trouble, fellas. Yeah. Well, I Jenks, think you mentioned that you, you think nobody has that strength to reject the rat. Right? People aren't. People are forget rats and bees and tarantulas. They're afraid of. Censorship. You do it every yeah. day. What? You do it every day. You spit in the eye of the establishment machine every single day. And so do we. I think they're... You, you do that. You do do that. And, and you do. I mean, <clears throat> listen, I can come on here and talk about movies sometimes. Like I did Gina Carano, Star Wars, you know, and it's kind of wagging the finger at these corporations. They don't care that I don't, that I'm mad at them because they fired Gina Carano. You put a camera in the faces of these people. So, you know, I think... There are people who are willing to say there are four lights, two plus two equals four. You're one of them. And I think there are a lot of people who are cowards. And the problem is, you know, the thing is, I'll tell you this. I, I, I've been I've been having this kind of joking thing. It's, it's, it's sort of a joke. Say one good thing about Antifa. It's like a, it's kind of a joke about de, you know, like lowering the temperature and stuff. And I'll tell you this. They're brave. They're angry. They're passionate. And they're willing to sacrifice everything to get what they want. And I think they're dangerously incorrect. Too many people on the right are absolutely not willing to sacrifice anything. Why is that? I don't know, man, because they're scared and they're fat and happy because they get to sit back in their in their lounge chair watching, you know, whatever Hollywood movie they claim to hate, but still get to be a part of something. They've been given enough money to survive and then they're threatened with it being taken away. So it's, they're, it's, they're, they're living in easy. fear listen, so they listen. don't speak up. So I, I often say it's, it's not black and white. It's not like we're I'm going to say we will always defy the machine. When it comes to saying a certain name of, you know, which we can't say on YouTube, I've chosen, we're not going to say it. Why? I prefer to have this show live with James O'Keefe and, you know, Ian and Luke and Lydia, and we're talking about what's going on and why it's dangerous and important. I could choose to say one word or one phrase and get the whole conversation removed. I won't do that. That's not about fear. That's about tact. Yeah, but James is talking about torture. When you're under duress of torture, none of us have ever been there. 
we we would have told each other if we have. I think more people are willing to risk their lives than their own reputations. Think about it. How many people in Washington, D.C. are willing to risk their reputation for a cause greater than themselves? I can't think of maybe one or two. I can think of many folks who have made the ultimate sacrifice, sacrifice that is beyond anything I can comprehend, go overseas and die for their country. I can't think of many members of Congress or people working in government that would be willing to make even a sacrifice of their own reputation for a cause greater than themselves. Forget torture. Because they're, they're not interested in something, some, uh, uh, they're not interested in values. They're not interested in preserving freedom, liberty, and accountability. Well, that's a, that's a problem. It absolutely is. And I think that's the main problem. The left is, it's not so much that Antifa has a core set of values they're fighting for. It's that they're extremely angry and they can be weaponized by the collective because they fall in line, because they have toolkits, they have the, these plans. And the right is more individualist. That, and there are a lot of people on the right who are entirely self-interested. And that's why they wouldn't retweet you. That's ridiculous. That, that, that to me is, is sad and pathetic. So you think sacrificing a reputations is, is, is I think, well, I, is, I think this road to, to truth. I, I've, I've been doing this for 12 years and I've been through a lot of pain. I've been through, there are moments of, of, of ups and downs where I thought it was over. I mean, I've been, I've been in federal prison and I, for, for falsely accused, I mean, of something I did not do. That's a very, and everyone abandoned me in that moment. No, everyone thought I was done. James, you're over, including my mentor. So I know what it's like. And I, and I know that the, the, the road to, uh, truth and justice you're going to go through this and i and i don't think people are willing to and it's and it's a political political prosecution and to be and to be tarred and feathered is 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 almost in in the mind in this in the psychology of the american people is almost worse than death because i can i can see people with the courage to jump run up a hill with a bayonet but I'm I, I, a more rare form of courage is is moral courage. That is to stick by a cause which is losing. They don't believe in themselves. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't. I don't. I. I think that's re that's the question. Because if you can solve that question, you can actually change Are, things. I'll, 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 tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Is that I'm arrogant. I know. I don't think I know everything. But when I do the research and I and I and I assess the situation, I look at these political positions and I come to a conclusion. I don't come to it easily, which is why people call me a milk toast fence sitter. When it comes to you know a, mil a milk toast what fence sitter fence sitter yeah because I often don't take very strong opinions on a lot of political issues because it takes a lot of research and a lot of confidence to assert something to be true. We must have universal health care and ban all private uh, you know health insurance. I think is a ridiculous position because it's too absolute. But the things I do know that make sense, I am very, very uh, assertive when it comes to these things and arrogant. So when someone comes out, when every single person, when it could be literally everyone in the world comes out and says, no, we refuse. I'll just say, I don't care. You are wrong. Period. When they call, when all these, when, when all these socialists and communists call for centralized economics, I just say that has never worked. It will not work. We can look to computing to see why a decentralized network works better than a centralized one. You are just wrong in a, on, on so many levels. I will never back down from that position. Listen, unless, of course, I new information the two, changes. The things. two hardest moments of my life or one, two of them were, were number one, my Wikipedia page when I got started. It was very emotional for me. I couldn't change it. It was all lies. And everyone I knew in my life was like, wow, is that really true? Did you really do that? It was all fake nonsense. I remember this is like. 10 years ago, moment of vulnerability. I was tearing up looking at my own Wikipedia page. There's nothing I can do about it. 
And I remember how, how painful it was to be thought ill of by a website that was the first thing that showed up when you Googled my name. It was painful. Number two, a federal judge destroying my videotape in Louisiana and nobody cared. A federal judge destroyed the evidence that would exculpate me in New Orleans. And, and, and everyone in the media said, good, off with his head, like uh, the French Revolution, off with his head. Dave Weigel laughing, laughing that they had incarcerated a reporter and destroyed federal evidence. And again, too, this was the second hardest moment of my life. And I thought, how can reporters, how can news media think it's a good thing to jail journalists simply because they don't like me? These, these two moments of pain were for me the hardest things to endure. And, and, and it was, I mean, it was, it was pain probably, probably, beyond physical pain because it was a form of injustice and as martin luther king would say you know even a small justice a threat to justice anywhere and for someone who's motivated by justice to endure that type of justice was a pain that was almost too much for me to bear do you okay do you believe or feel that there's a higher like a greater force i think there's something wrong with me i think there's something wrong with my brain where i i I, i'm i'm probably not thinking about or motivated by the same sorts of incentives. And I, and I think the team I have, there's also like the, the guy who climbs up Yosemite without a harness. They did an MRI scan. He just isn't afraid of falling. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Alex but Hommel? Alex, well, well, Alex Hommel. I, I think our, our people are so focused like, on truth that they're not worried about these other things. But I can tell you, I think this is very important having endured a federal judge destroyed my tape and nobody cared. Nobody gave a damn. That was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And I almost wasn't strong enough to get through it. I almost, I almost, I told my mom and dad, I'm like, I don't know if I can get through this. Why continue? What happened? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, it's a long story. I wrote a book about it. So, so what's the book? You had a normal breakthrough. You, you had a, I I guess, uh, presumably a normal upbringing when you were a kid. I would say, I would say very, very, not normal, not normal, but good upbringing. Did your parents helicopter over you or snow plow things away from you? Or did you just go out and do your thing when you were young? Very independent, hardworking father and grandfather. Did a lot of manual labor with my father and grandfather. So I, 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 there are a couple of things in my life that I credit my uh, probably tenacity and arrogance to and, and confidence, if you're not trying to be too self-deprecating, is that my family started a business when I was like nine years old. And I had to go from the south side of Chicago to the north side of Chicago as a nine-year-old by myself. And so this is from the orange line to the, I guess you could take the orange line to the, to the red line or blue line up to Wrigley Field. And that was for almost two years. And I was entirely on my own. I had to figure things out on my own. I had to ask people for help when I needed help. But then there was another point in my life where I was homeless. And actually, I was homeless a couple times. And so for me, I'm kind of like, there is nothing you can take from me that has me worried. There is nothing you can accuse me of, literally nothing, because I've, I've slept on park benches. Sort of like nothing left to lose. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I would be happy sleeping in a mud hut in the middle of the woods because it's freedom. Man, all that stress removed. All I got to do is figure out how many rabbits I can eat before I die of rabbit starvation. Humility, then I got to find some fat I think and some vegetables. That you acknowledge your arrogance makes, is a sign of humility. And being humble and being humiliated is important to destroy. It's an ego booster. And once you've had your ego, compl- I've had it destroyed so many times in my life. I mean, I, 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 once you get, you're right, Ian, once you get the ego destroyed a few times, 
Have any of these reporters ever had their ego destroyed? They're nothing but ego. <laughs> They're not- have they ever had to, were they ever locked out? You know what I mean? It's like a lot of these kids, a lot of these people, I say kids, probably when they were kids were bullied and they wanted to find that source of power to oppress others, to get that feeling back. It's a lot of what you see in adults who are oppressive and arrogant and nasty to other people. It's because it's kind of a revenge for them. Like I said, they want to be the one doing the hazing, not the one getting hazed. You know what it was for me? I'll let you guys do the hazing and whatever. I'll be over there by myself. Don't come near me. That's how I've always been. When you've been accused of a, of a felony you have not committed and had a federal <laughs> and arrested by the FBI, put in shackles, thrown in federal prison, it is amazingly humbling. And of course, you're, and I said this story, your first temptation is to talk. Yeah. If you're, if you, you, know, you let's oh, yeah. say the feds arrest you tomorrow and just made up some bullshit and totally false. Yeah. The first thing you would think psychologically is, and everyone thinks, oh, I'm smart enough. I would, Miranda writes, no, 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 my friend. When you're shackled at 24 years old, you're pissing your pants. You don't think rationally when you're in not handcuffs, but shackles. I talked to the FBI because I didn't know any better. I thought, no, I didn't do Mm -hmm. it. And then they use every word against you because that's what they do. But it's it's, it humbles you and you think, okay, now I know the level I'm playing at. It's not that they will use everything you say against you. It's that they can say whatever they want after you've talked. So this that's right. Is, that, that's there, what there, I meant to say. There's a very famous, uh, uh, I think it was a Supreme Court justice or a lawyer who wrote this like long, you know, profound statement on why you never talk to law enforcement, no matter what. I saw that. Not even, not even beat cops. And they said it's because the moment you open your mouth, that law enforcement officer can say in a court of law, James O'Keefe admitted to everything to that's me. That's exactly what and happened. And you'll say, yes. that's not true. I never said that. Well, he, he, he certainly did. And then the, the, the prosecutor say, were you talking with the officer? Yes, I was. And you had a long conversation. It's that, that I did. kernel yeah. of truth part of disinformation. Exactly. You admitted you were there that day. It's like talking well, to the officer. Well, yes. well there's a reason well, the FBI, the, there's a reason the FBI writes their transcript in pencil. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I was, I was actually interviewed by the FBI too. I was arrested a number of times for, for crimes I never committed. And your first instinct is like, Hey, I didn't do it. I didn't know. What are you yeah. guys doing? I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And, and then you learn like, it doesn't matter. They're punishing you because of your political stance and being being through the ringer it, it definitely wakens you up and i totally understand this kind of sacrificial feeling as well and 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 it, it's important to have and i also question why don't other people have this too because one thing you mentioned is this this moment at the end of your life that you're going to be looking back on uh it's going to be a very important moment. It's going to be the key instrumental moment of your life. Are you going to have any regrets? Or are you going to be happy the way you lived your life without any regrets? And to me, I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour as well. And I'm happy there's other individuals like yourself who are doing it as well. And maybe, maybe we can inspire other people to do the same. You will. Yeah. You will. Let's, uh, well, let's, let's read some more of these super chats. We got Dan Carmo says, love the show, mate. James O'Keefe is a bloody worldwide hero. And make no mistake, Senor Timcast, keep speaking truth like you do. And you, my friend... Slot right into the same category. Peace out, legends. Oh, thank you very much. So yeah, a lot, a lot of people. Any questions? Given that hope, you know what I mean. Well, questions are hard to find because I have to go through them, and you know, a lot of statements, a lot of yeah, statements. Everybody and so, you. typically, I'm like, I'm reading through, and there's a lot of stuff where people are saying, you know, really nice things. We have uh, Lawrence Van Don says, James, I can all but guarantee that Robert Barnes and Viva Frey would team up with you on the People's Defamation Defense Fund. They're lawyers who are amazing <laughs> to listen to on YouTube. Barnes was a lawyer for the John Doe Covington kids defamation. I mean, I'm, I love this idea, Luke and Tim, uh, uh, people's defamation fund. When we get, not if, but when we get money from the lawsuits, we'll start it. And I think you do have to be willing to be defamed and arrested. That's sort of, that's the question. Here's the real question. 
if telling the truth and being a good investigative reporter that 50 years ago would have won you a Pulitzer now gets you defamed and arrested, would you do it? Yes or no? Binary question, yes or no? If you actually were honest with me about this, the majority of people would say no. I'm not willing. I have a family. You know, I'm, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I want to go to law I, school. I think about George Washington blah, because blah, blah, he blah. was willing to subvert and lie to accomplish his goals. He wasn't an overt truth teller, maybe until he became president and then he decided to change. But so there is a willingness to not speak the truth when that will benefit you. That is uh, the essence of the United States. Okay. I get it. Uh, to be smart with when you speak. Doesn't mean, you, and I've also found that being honest doesn't mean that you always say everything on your mind. There's a time and a place discretion. for discretion. Yeah, discretion. I understand. Maybe, maybe in that sense, Washington and Lincoln were politicians, and how they, how they did what they did. But I'm saying something a little different, which was if it was required for you to be arrested and or defamed by everyone you wanted to be liked by, would you tell the truth? Yes or no? And I think the majority of people would not. I would. Well, so uh, we have a lot of people asking the same question, so I think we'll get this one out of the way. Go Who ahead. are the people standing behind Ian with cameras? Oh. What up, homies? <laughs> oh, Wonderful. my goodness. You guys are in frame. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the geek squad from Best Buy. Introduce yourself. James tried to show off, so he picked them up at Best they don't have Buy. To, they, they don't have to give out their names if they don't want to or anything like that. Just well, if they're anonymous, are, they should know there's a camera pointed, it, right, at pointed right at them. Just, just a heads up. Can you introduce the team? These are some of my Project Veritas colleagues. Eric Spracklin, Chief of Staff, comms. Mario works on our comms team. We got a couple uh, Project Veritas uh, videographers with us here. We were coming from another assignment and then tomorrow headed to yet another assignment. Very cool. Nice to meet you guys. What up, guys? Glad to be here. Yes. All right. I am just uh, looking through to try and find some. uh... All right. Let's see. I think I know the answer to this question, but, well, someone's asking. So Gore, Don, uh, Gore Before Don says, would Project Veritas consider branching into entertainment? The truth is needed on those fronts as well. Well, we'd be interested in exposing corruption in entertainment, uh, particularly in California. We have a few big sources right now in that community in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Veritas tips at ProtonMail.com. Listen, it's a target-rich environment. There's no, I'll never be out of work. That's for damn sure. There's way too much going on. And um, that's why we need insiders and whistleblowers. I want to record a song. And I, we, we talk about this for months. And I feel like six months can slip by if we don't just do You it. and I record yeah, a song? Yeah, me, you, and Tim. Done. We'll schedule yeah. it. Yes. Well, so, so we're, actually, we're actually working on a song. But did you guys want to do something about the like, political messaging? Doesn't have to be. Nah, just fun. As long as the song's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna record, uh, James. What, what, is, what we were jamming before. I in a different life, I would have been a thespian or a musician. I I, <laughs> I, I, I love DJ. that and DJ, and I'm getting better at that. I started as an amateur, but uh, yes, we will make a song. What's next? Three part harmony. Question. Oh man, oh, jumping around. I finally found a question, and then super chat jumps because when they load Let's at the same get time. Away. Well, um, let's see. Do we have any questions? <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's a question, but. Uh, well, here we go. Woodworker Anand says, Mr. O'Keefe, their reputation is worse than death. Their legacy is at stake. If they make a stand and fail, they are a ish stain on the back uh, on the back page of a history book. They no longer work for us. They want to be a Kennedy. Is that a song reference or something? I'm not sure what that that's sort of cryptic, like a poem. I think what they're trying to say is that many of these people just want their name to be favorable in the history books. Mm-hmm. The people that are the problem. Politicians, media, I, I, establishment. That, that, that's, that goes back to my... Uh, that goes back to my statement that 
if doing the right thing required for a temporary amount of time, maybe even some of your life, being thought ill of and defamed by all the people you want to be liked by. The the most prescient statement I've ever heard on the topic was by Rush Limbaugh, who once told me, and I think he said this publicly, but he also told me uh, one-to-one, was, James, the hardest thing to accept about my life is being hated by all the people that I wanted to be liked by. Yeah. And and that, and that and it sounds like a cliche, of course, yes, of course. But no, 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 that's actually the hardest part about this job for me. And I'm being honest. You know, my Wikipedia page is awful. And everyone I go speak to, the fir- one of the first things, God, your Wikipedia page is terrible. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but it's awful. You realize it's because you're not playing the game the same way they but, are. But, 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 let, but let's just pause and think about that for a minute because right. it sounds like a cliche. Of course they're going to – no, no, no. This is a really hard thing to psychologically accept. And, and I don't care who you are. If you're a human, it's no fun to be, to be shit on. By everyone, CNN, the New York Times. I mean, they just uh, yet Sunday criticizing, and it, and it's almost become a cliche. Well, of course, no, not of course. This is a hard thing to accept, and it's a hard thing to endure, and it's a bitter pill that most humans cannot swallow because you want to be liked. Yep. Nobody likes to be hated. I'm not a masochist. I'm not a sadist. I didn't get into this to be hated shit on, defamed, jailed, sued, lied about, okay? It's, you, you, you had to be sick in the head if you do this to get that flack. You know, what you, what you, I'm you, trying you, to tell you is that that is a necessary byproduct of being effective. And one of my, one of my early mentors said, when, I was in, when, when we were enduring this, I said, James, it's a sign of respect for them to do that to you. And we have to change people's methodology in this country. They're afraid of us. CNN is afraid of us. Twitter is afraid of us. Google is afraid of us. Pinterest is afraid of us because of these brave heroes. Russell Strasser, the the deep state federal agent that we recorded the deep state agent interrogating Richard. And we put Russell Strasser's face in the YouTube video. Russell Strasser is currently in hiding because he knows we're going to doorstop him. Okay, you know, you know what's 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 funny though is I haven't had that experience where maybe it's because I'm a milquetoast fencer, I guess. Whatever. I haven't had the people. Well, actually, let me slow down. There's not a whole lot of people I've ever wanted the respect of. You know, a lot of people I play music. They say, "Who's your? Fa- who do you look up to in music?" I'm like, I don't look, at that, look up to anybody. I, I think they're all bad. I think I have to make music. It's always been very like I don't know, arrogant, I guess. Skateboarding too is your favorite skateboarder. Mm, meh. But you know what's interesting for me is. Something changed with the internet and the ability for people to investigate on their own and build their own communities. I've actually had, the, there, there are some pro skateboarders that I grew up watching all of their videos, the legends, message me on Instagram and Twitter being like, dude, you're the best. And I'm like, whoa. To have like this dude, when I was like 14, watching his video in my friend's basement on VHS, being like, man, I wish I was as good at skateboarding as that guy. Now he's messaging me being like, dude, you're one of the best people covering news and talking about it. Where I'm so grateful. I'm like, that's awesome. When your heroes become your rivals. I want to tell a, yeah. a one or two minute story about Dean Becke, executive editor of the New York Times. I was at a conference, Duquesne University, two and a half years ago, giving a speech. And um, they invited me to my shock. And I walked up to Dean Becke and I tried to shake his hand. This is the head of the New York Times. And I, I've ambushed him a few times. But, you know, we're at this conference, <laughs> and I thought maybe we could have a small talk. Hey, Dean, how you doing? He literally turned his back to me and cowered. Jeez. 
like a like a little coward. And he and he pretended like I wasn't there. And he said, "Please go away." And at that moment, I, I, there was still like four percent of me that cared about what the New York Times thinks of me, huh. but that just vanished. The moment you stop caring about what they think of you is the moment you're finally free. And we say, okay, that's easy to to do, but it's not. The moment you stop caring about what the New York Times thinks of you, and they and and you know what. Most people in the conservative movement care so much about their Twitter accounts. If you start, a, if I said, well, and and they and they lie about it, Tim. They say they don't, but they do. Oh yeah. And the moment you stop caring about what Jack Dorsey thinks about you is the moment you're free. It's it's the conservatives for the most part are trying to. It's like that nerdy kid who's trying to desperately make the cool kids think they're cool, and it's kind of sad. You just got to stop doing it. You just got to be yourself, stand up what you believe in. And there are a lot of prominent conservatives who do this and just say, whatever, man, I don't care. Shut up. And they're really funny about it. A lot of these trolls who just, you know, they just roll with it. I love it. But then there are some people who a lot of these mainstream high profile personalities, they want Hollywood to like them. They want the networks to like them. And it's like, but they hate you no matter what. They're not going to book you. You can you can pretend to support them. This is the problem. Because when something like the Covington kids happen, how many conservatives immediately just agreed with the narrative that had emerged about these kids that was not true and then changed their story once the washington post and cnn gave them permission to do so there there were there were a few people credited with uh, initially rejecting the narrative outright the first was robbie suave and then i'm assuming you know some people have said i was also one of the very early on i did a video the next day being like what is this this is wrong because when Someone sends me a video and it's just a kid smiling in front of a guy playing a drum and they tell me to be angry. I'm like, for what? I'm not assuming anything. I have no idea what this is. So I looked for a video and, and I watched it. I, then I found a longer video of of the uh, the Native American guy walking up to the kids. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. Why is everybody angry? So Philip DeFranco was angry. I'm like, what's he mad about? What's happening? And then I made a video. I'm like, these people are nuts. And then a bunch of people actually got on board, helped source a two hour long live stream, which I downloaded and then showed clips where I'm like, dude, these kids didn't do anything wrong. But so many people were just desperate to fit in. The same thing is true with some of these, you know, these more tragic incidents related to Black Lives Matter protests. Before the full story comes out, it's happened several times. People just jump the gun and make assumptions based on the leftist narrative. Or how about something I, I, I walked right into and fell for believing the New York Times narrative on the officer at the Capitol. And how he died. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out it was an unrelated stroke. And I believed it. I just believed the New York Times said. I, and I, 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 you know what? It's because who, to a certain degree, you do still trust big major news. Not unless they show me primary sources and they yeah. show right. it raw. They have and lost my all mistake. credibility. I don't believe them. I don't believe you unless you show me your source material. Mm-hmm. They have given us no reason to trust them. And and I and I think this what we're talking about right now is the real issue, Tim. It's it's the perverse incentive for people that supposedly fight for truth to sell out in order to get positive ink by all the people they want to be liked by. And the we, moment you don't care is the moment you're free. We do have several ladies asking if James is single. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the verdict? Veritas tips at protonmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's VR. That's right. One eight seven seven cars for kids. You ever heard that commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Veritas tips at Proton oh, Mail. Yeah. It's V E R I T A S T. Are you giving that out now for the single ladies? At protonmail.com. It's a one stop shop, everyone. That's right. you can you can you can be a whistleblower. You can donate. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Just it, sign a prenup. Here's a, here, here's a real question, though. Uh, Kimchi93 says, James, do you ever get nervous confronting people? Oh, yeah. No. No, Did I don't. Did you used to? No. Uh, what's the guy, the climber that climbs Yosemite? Hommel. Alex Hommel. Hommel. Is that the guy? That was a great documentary. He climbs the, the Yosemite in California without a harness, and they had to scan his brain for fear. I don't get scared at all doing this trying to think about i'm definitely sometimes i'm I'm not afraid confronting the people um what am i afraid there's Please. a part of me that is a, is afraid of the legal threats like going to jail sucked um but i you know you choose to overcome your fear yeah. and and you, you do the right thing to, despite your fear when right? luke, luke, yeah. luke has absolutely gone after hundreds of high profile people as well so i'll throw it to you as well luke. it's it's fun it's exciting uh there is a little bit of nervousness but once you're doing it you're kind of in this flow state and when you're locking eyes with like a lord jacob rothschild or a henry kissinger or a zbigniew brzezinski or bill clinton or tony <laughs> yes, blair luke, I can we keep know going. how much time we got here when you're locking eyes with, with them you're in the moment and it feels amazing and incredible to be able to to get rid of this facade of them getting their their butts kissed all the time and just slap them with reality and they're shocked and and they quiver you mean the, the confrontation the, yeah the confrontation and and the way they react it's so telling because they they're so cowardly they expect you to kiss their ass and then once you're like let's talk about this and this well, and this well, and this real I'm, issue what and i'm worried out. about is when i do it like two examples when i called into jeff zucker's conference line in december this i, I dialed into the ceo of cnn's 9 a.m conference call my concern is not fear. It's like I, I only have one take. Like I can't do this more than yeah. – yeah. I have yep. one one shot at this. Don't so mess up. I just I, – okay, when do I interject and say, hello, Jeff, this is James o- – what's, what's, <laughs> the, what's the moment in the dialogue? And then when I was in the acorn thing as the pimp, the whole t- – I'm not afraid. I'm like looking – this is like when the hidden cameras were like this big and they're strapped to your chest like with Velcro. I remember those. So I'm looking in my pocket like, is this still filming? Am I still- <laughs> oh, the battery's dying. Uh, so my I, I, the, the producer in me is just technically worried. Is the camera filming like logistics? Do we have the audio? I'm always just worried about the little things. Yeah, yeah. And they go I, wrong a lot. Oh, I confronted constantly. John Bolton. I asked him, uh, you know, if, if my fr- my friend's drawing a portrait of him. Does he want the blood on his hands on the left hands or his right <laughs> oh hands? He freaked out. And, and, and I remember being so happy and giddy because it was a real interview. And at the end, I just hit him with that. And and there's no audio of it. No, no audio of it at all. My, it team, my team will always tell me it's always the yeah. little things. Like, do we have backup audio? The worst thing about in this business is when you do the thing, and the camera failed or the batteries died. Yeah, so it that's happens. What, I'm so, more worried than scared. Yeah. We have another question from Palm Fum. <laughs> James, have you ever considered branch offices in other countries, i.e., Canada? Yes. Yeah, we got a lot of messages from Canada, from Europe. There are laws, you know, Luke and I have been to Greece. Yeah, we, we got some, tear gas together. We got tear gas oh, in go. Athens in 2015. Yeah, yeah, tear gas. Um, Veritas is going global. We got whistleblowers all over the world. There are certain laws we can't break, but we're protected by the United States Supreme Court. Bartnicki case, 2001, a whistleblower uh, uh, can themselves uh, send us a recording, even if they potentially violated an NDA or broke the law. So we will branch out. We are branching out. We're going global. 
Right on. Well, I think uh, we've gone a little bit over, but uh, we'll we'll sort of wrap up this portion of the show here. And I, I, do you want to stick around and do a, a members segment? We'll talk That's, a little bit more. That sounds great. Right on. Well, for those that are listening, smash that like button on your way out. Make sure you go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to continue the conversation in a mostly uncensored manner. I say mostly because we still have some, you know, general, like there are families who listen, so we try to keep things. But we swear a whole lot. We'll, we'll speak about things that typically YouTube won't let us. Go to TimCast.com. That should be up maybe about an hour or so. Don't forget to, again, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Leave us a good comment. You can follow me on Parlor or Minds at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCast News. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. James, do you want to shout out anything else before we wrap this portion up? The only thing I would shout out is if you're watching this and you work for a Silicon Valley tech giant or the government or you see fraud happening in your municipality, corporation, or government bureau, contact us on the inside. Uh, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. Right on. I think the shirt I'm wearing is very fitting for today's discussion. It says practice media distancing, and you yourself could exclusively get this shirt by going to thebestpoliticalshirts.com. If you want to see the former head of the CIA squirm and sweat balls after asking him some serious questions, you can on my YouTube channel, We Are Change. And James, you brought up a very important point when I asked you about alternative social media platforms. You brought up email lists. Those are key because you actually have the list. You actually have contact with your members. No one's standing in the way. I've been building mine up. Wearechange.org, top right-hand corner. It means a lot to me. Thank you, James, for coming on, and thanks for having me. I also want to shout out this shirt that you can get on the TimCast.com store. I think it is uh, Harumph. Yes. Um, James, one time Tim and I went to your office and met with some of the reporters. They asked me, what can we do? What's the best thing we can expose? And at the time, I didn't have an answer, but I've thought about it. And I'm hoping that at some point, someone can get inside the Federal Reserve and break the books on that company <laughs> because the government's not allowed to, um, to audit them at, yeah. at present. And I find that despicable. That's the whole so if grail. You're, if you're out there listening, that's my advice. Um, <laughs> And check out iancrossland.net, new and improved. You can get one of these free the code mugs if you really believe in free software and breaking up this monopoly of uh, internet censorship. Love it. Love it. Love you, man. And then me pushing all the buttons for these wild guys. I'm Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. I am also on Minds. I am on Gab as Real Sour Patch Lids. And I'm also on Instagram as Real Sour Patch Lids. We're going to be jumping over to TimCast.com for the exclusive members-only portion of the show. But for everybody that hung out uh, thus far and super chatted, seriously, thank you guys so much. Make make this all possible. And uh, I really do appreciate it. So again, smash that like button. And we will see you all in about an hour or so or whenever you come by TimCast.com. Bye, guys.